across the web. This is the girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. RSN Carnival Digital Radio and the RSN Racing and Sport app. You are listening to live semi-finals coverage of the VFL Women's Competition. Peter Holton with you in commentary. Great to have uh, your company. If you've been sticking around, you would have heard the St Kilda Sharks do your number on Melbourne Uni by 20 points. The Sharks go through the preliminary final. Done and dusted, Melbourne Uni for season 2017. Joining us today on special comments, it's great to have, of course, the co-founder of GirlsPlayFooty.com, legendary footballer at the VUS and Spurs, Katie Lembeski. Katie, how are you? Very well, Pete. Thank you so much for having me. Um, couldn't ask for a, bit, a better occasion than this today. The Darabin Diamond Creek Finals rivalry has been renewed today and uh, can't wait to see how it all goes down. And the interesting thing is there's maybe one new player when you look at it for, for Darabin being Ebony Maradoff, but a bunch of new names for Diamond Creek in uh, Chloe Malloy, Sabab Abitangelo, Karen Harrington, Emma Grant in there. Those that don't have the mental scars of losing to a Darabin side in the past. Yeah, and, you know, and a point to prove, I guess you could say, you know, um, a team that kind of went away last year and rebuilt, and if you take a look at the way that they've bounced back this year, it's been incredible, and they've got themselves into such a good position where I think they're a very realistic chance of the flag and a realistic, very realistic chance of uh, pulling off a win today. I wonder what the psychology would have been, because they would have been inside the room, they would have seen the half-time score, they would have missed the whole second half, that they run through the banner, Diamond Creek, having to cause an upset, and they look at the scoreboard and go, hmm, Sharks caused an upset and knocked off the Muggers. I wonder what psychology does to them, seeing that. Could give you a little boost to make you uh, stand out a little bit more taller and more willing to kind of go that extra mile. I mean, of course it's finals, but you know, any sniff that you can get, you take, and... I'd love to know what uh, some of the thoughts are going around there now. It's just interesting to see as well the big build-up of the crowd that's been a 1,000-plus here, I reckon, at Piranha Park. I haven't seen numbers like that for a semi-final here. When I come here in semi-finals, and, and to, to be honest, in the past, when the second semi-final's been on, the crowd's filtered away from the first game, and there might be 100, 200 people stay, staying around here. Yep. There's a good 1,000 people here at Piranha Park. Yeah, it's a testament to the growing profile of the VFLW. The, you know, this is the more... I guess the professionalism, the more marketing, the more, you know, the more knowledge that there is of these players. And, of course, it helps when you have, you know, the Darabin Stars strutting their stuff out on the ground for the big V at the past weekend. And, yeah, it's, I mean, I mean well done to everyone that came out here. Hope they get a good game of footy to remember. And the coin toss in the middle of the ground has been won by Tanya Hetherington for Diamond Creek. They'll be kicking towards the city end of the ground or the grandstand end where we're calling from. Also joining us on special comments today from Proud to Play, she is a footballer, cricketer, soccer player and uh, signing autographs because she was a South Melbourne fan with those who are telling what happened back in 1945. A very good afternoon to Lucy Watkin. Thank you very much, Peter. And yes, very, very excited about Sydney winning yesterday. It's uh, pretty good. Uh, with, two, with three Essendon supporters in the box, we'll just leave that uh, <laughs> go for now. Uh, but what was that game? Uh, you know, uh, uh, we don't talk AFL men's in here. For no, no idea what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Exactly, no idea. Yeah. And, and Matthew Cox uh, rejoins us once again. Uh, Lucy, from your point of view today, how do you see this semi-final playing out? Because there could be an expectation these two sides will meet again in two weeks' time. So I guess mm -hmm. what can we learn or what can both sides show? Oh, yeah, it's a tough one because I think with St Kilda winning the previous game, you would probably think that Diamond Creek or Darabin, you know, they will go on to beat uh, St Kilda next week. So I think this week, 
um, I don't know, it's like one of those things where obviously play to win, get the week off, so you were well prepared for that uh, that premiership. So I think both teams will just be going out hard with their strongest lineups, ready ready to to get into that uh, that grand final. Because yeah, it's 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 a big game. I, I guess the big question comes down to Katie Brennan has been on fire, at least at state league level, Lucy. Who do you throw to her? Who can run with her and match her athletically? Well, you do have Laura Dre um, for Diamond Creek who can play on her. Probably also height-wise is a good matchup. But, you know, also Lauren Brazale, I think she's someone who really impressed me at, when she was playing for Carlton who can play a number of roles. And, you know, she can sort of... Stop the impact of certain players, but I think with KB it's a real tough one. She didn't really show show how good she was um, or is last week at the State of Origin, so I feel like she will be coming out today with a bit of a point to prove. So it'll be a tough one for Diamond Creek to match her up on. And uh, if, if we have a look at Diamond Creek's side, um, Sophie Appertangelo didn't play that game against Preston, so I guess she comes in as a bit of an unknown quantity for mm. Darabin, maybe a little. Tr- card up the sleeve for Scott Gowans. It's an interesting little scenario. Obviously, she's had a very good year. Now she's, you know, now on a massive stage like this one. How does she react to the occasion? How does she, you know, take on this moment? So, you know, lots of little plot lines and little stories in here that you can look at and that you can build on. And I look forward to seeing how it all plays out. Well, I guess the big key thing that we'll be looking to see is where does Chloe Malloy start out of because Scott Gowans has been, uh, of course, uh, uh, experimenting with her, put her in the midfield, put her in the forward line, and from what we can see, he's going to start Chloe Malloy at full forward going one-on-one with Elizabeth Birch, and in that one-on-one, I'd put my money on Malloy. Mm. Well, based on form and the year she's had, you know, that's where, that's where the money has to be, at least at this point, so... Well, an interesting matchup to start with. It's a very, I think it's a very uh, smart decision to start her forward. She's had a hell of a year, and uh, let's see how she goes today. Let's get some very quick tips. Lucy Watkin, who will win and by how much? I think Diamond Creek by a goal. Katie Lambeski? Uh, can't go past the class of Darabin. Darabin by seven. Matthew Cox? Darabin by three points. Darabin by 15 points for me. To get us underway, here's Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. We're underway in the middle, and it was O'Connor going up in the ruck against Downey. Daisy Pierce under all sorts of pressure immediately. Wilson Tavern coming through for... In fact, that was Rowe coming through for Darabin. Get a ball up. Still inside the centre square. Downey over the top. Won the tap down. Daisy Pierce through traffic. Gets a kick towards centre half forward. Bouncing ball. Hetherington kept it in front of herself. Marinoff though on the spot. Kicks the ball inside. Attacking 50 for the Falcons. Bouncing ball. Under pressure is Colvin. Can't take it cleanly. It's on the deck. Spills out the back of the pack. Arnell arrives on the spot. Applies the tackle. Diamond Creek end up with the footy. Quick kick away. One bounce. It stays in play. Marinoff and Daisy Pierce are there. Marinoff spins her way out of trouble, but the kick was horrible off the side of the boot, and it goes over on the full free kick to go the way of Diamond Creek. Early stages, first term in the major semi-final. Winner goes to the grand final. Loser plays the St Kilda Sharks in the prelim next week as the kick finds Loins centre wing broadcast side. Katie Loins with the football for Diamond Creek. No score either side. One minute gone first term. Long kick up the line. 
over the head of a few and trying to get back there and take control of the football was Lawson Tavern lost out in the contest Bernardi managed to shrug one off goes inside 50 with a kick 2 on 1 awkward bouncy football Birches there Malloy chasing after the football close towards the boundary line they've done well with Gretsch who gives it back to Bernardi Bernardi just across the face ball wouldn't bounce back in Pierce versus Kiochi. Kiochi wins out in the contest kept the ball alive Pierce tackle although Kiochi just trying to force it forward the umpire says we'll have a ball up between the goalpost and the point post right in front of the grandstand here at Piranha Park Coburg ball is thrown up in the air O'Connor does the ruck work put it straight down the throat of Daisy Pierce who dropped it cold and the umpire says that's throwing the football Fanati with a shot on goal Early impressions, Katie Lembeski. Excellent pressure by Diamond Creek to, to force the issue deep in their attacking half. And it's not so often you see Daisy Pierce, you know, pressured that much. And looks like they're going to get an early reward for it with this shot. Bernardi just to the near side and will register as a minor score. Diamond Creek one behind. Darabin yet to score. Two and a half minutes gone. First team here on RSN Carnival. Paxman brings the ball back into play. Long ball. Marinoff sitting underneath it. Half back flank on the broadcast side. Wheels around on the left. Boot kick inboard. Emma Grant sitting underneath it. Couldn't take the mark. Adi Brennan wraps her up in a ferocious tackle. And there's a bit of push and shove. Gresham being shown early here at Coburg City Oval. Two sides that know each other very, very well. Diamond Creek back in the final series in 2017. As it's back on the deck in dispute, we'll get another ball up. These two played each other back in the 2015 grand final. And on, on that occasion, Darabin came away with the win. It's a vastly different side on both sides of the coins compared to that particular game as Audley has the ball attacking side of the broadcast wing looks for options high ball towards the top of the 50 yard pack flies now I could bring it in loins sitting underneath it tried to get it across to Gretsch Hickey under pressure Riddle will be taken over the boundary line and out of play we'll get a boundary throw in right underneath our broadcast position here at Coburg City Oval one behind Diamond Creek Darabin yet to score Approaching the four-minute mark of the first turn. Wait for the ball to be thrown back in. Umpire arches the back and it spins back into play. Downey versus O'Connor. Downey brought the ball to ground. Going in there is Riddle. Fed a hand pass over the top. Looking for Gretsch. Couldn't control it. Went back again. Lawson Davin hanging around. So is Marinoff. All wrapped up. The umpire blows the whistle and calls for a bounce on special comments. Also today, Lucy Watkin. Good to see some really contested finals footy. It seems like da- Diamond Creek are getting a lot of numbers to the ball to try and stop uh, Darabin's sort of ball-winning clearance efforts, which is good to see. Gretsch tried to knock it forward. There was McDonald had it back there, trying to get it to her teammate who got dispossessed. Gretsch goes to ground. McDonald wraps her up. Umpire blows the whistle and calls for another ball up. Four and a half minutes gone first term. Diamond Creek lead by one point. The umpire puts it back into the air. O'Connor fists it down for the Falcons. Bouncing ball. Lamb chasing after it. Just got shoved over the boundary line and out of play. Still inside attacking. 50 for Diamond Creek. Approaching the five-minute mark of the first term here on RSN Carnival. It is the major semi-final. Between the top two sides of the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition of 2017. O'Connor to the deck. Dalpos will get a free kick for a high tackle. No, it's going the way of Diamond Creek. So Gretsch to take the footy. 
Marinoff stands on the 50-meter arc. Wretch winds up. Booming kick inside, attacking 50. Bernardi waiting out the back, so two loins. Both got an awkward bounce. Still in play, Bernardi's wrapped up. And the ball spills over the boundary line and out of play. Thanks to the tackle applied by Paxman. We'll throw it in right next to the behind post in the forward pocket for Diamond Creek. Umpire to throw the ball back into play for O'Connor to go up in this contest. Almost uncontested. Loins had it, tried to get it to Lamb, immediately caught by Marinoff. Pierce tried to get a hurry kick away, smothered by Loins. Traffic jam of players, umpire circles again, blows the whistle calls for another ball up. Katie Lambeski. Not an inch given by either side. You'd feel, you'd feel Darabin are pretty happy with this at the moment to just be sort of absorbing the pressure as long as Diamond Creek aren't scoring. It's the job half done. O'Connor cuts across to Paxman. Intercept though. Good work there. Getting across. Lister sees it over the boundary line and out of bounds. Yes, I, I think we think that Coxie, especially the 2015 where all that pressure and all that um, effort by Diamond Creek in that first quarter of that grand final got wasted because Darabin absorbed it and then with the wind just blew it away. And even in the game earlier in the year at Preston City Oval between these two, a similar sort of thing happened, although Diamond Creek were able to get on the scoreboard early and then just couldn't convert later in the game. Marinoff got a kick towards Brennan, centre wing broadcast side. Again, it's a congested footy and things will be all wrapped up. Getting off the bottom of the pack, Georgia Hammond for Darabin. We'll get a ball up, just attacking side of the broadcast wing for Diamond Creek. Big fly from Downey, brought the ball down. The throat of Daisy Pierce, fed the handball off to Paxman, who centres the ball for Darabin. It was a good kick. Arnell, oh, one-two, couldn't bring it in. Sockers it off the ground to the advantage of Callanan in a bit of space. Chiocci bearing down on her now. The tackle didn't stick. Handball given out wide. This is Birch, centre wing out of side for Darabin. Good kick up the line and hits up Simpson on the chest. Looks for options inside 50, given the hurry up. High kick in the Brennan direction, got punched out of her hands. She tries to lock it in, does Brennan. O'Day hovering, Diamond Creek able to extract it. Short kick, hits up Kiyopshi, half-back flank, out of sight. As the long kick, looking for loins. Oh, O'Connor crunched on the way through. Being up there, Abitang Gallo goes short. Gretsch, Gretsch spins around, unloads, wanted to put more hook on the kick, didn't do so as Pax managed to spoil Kennedy from behind. Ball still being held up though, Paxman goes after it, so is Lister, holding up Bernardi, Kennedy comes in for support, umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. On um, special comments today, Lucy Watkin. Really good to see Darabin using that quick switch before over to the uh, the quiet wing. I think more of that, more quick ball movement to get them out of this contested area will work in their favour. Kennedy tried to get a hurry kick away, a ricochet, and uh, it was O'Connor that just slanted on the boot, managing to get it to Arnell. Went up the line and found Simpson. Simpson had Arnell working wide if wanted her. Didn't do so. Decided to come back in board with the kick. Had to be good and was... And taking the mark there on the lead is Georgia Hammond. Hammond gets going quickly, goes inside 50 with a kick. Oh, waiting over the back, Hammington to miss Wedder. Brian has missed. One behind. Well, geez, they were lucky to get away with that one. Lucy Watkin, Hetherington committed and uh, missed the footy. So lucky with that one because if it was going to be anyone, it was definitely going to be Katie Brennan to kick that opening goal. So Etherington to bring the ball back into play. You know, 150th game of senior football. 
Kicks it back in. Hits up her teammate on the chest. Halfback flank on the outer side for Diamond Creek. Another chip kick over the top. Hits up Grant. Good possession footy at the moment. Now they go attacking. Kiyoshi received the handball from Grant. Kicks it into a bit of space for Loins. Shrugs the tackle off. Sends the handball into Kiyoshi who kept running. Wants to give the handball off. Does so. Kick towards the top of the goal square. Malloy at the back of the pack. Got punched out of her hands. It's over the boundary line and out of play. Just needed to get a little bit more on the kick. This is where this is where the execution needs to come in. Great effort by Chachi to make the run and open up space for a teammate. You just got to convert those chances when you have them. Uh, if I was Malloy, I'd be taking that as the ultimate side of respect. She got double teamed then. <laughs> and Birch trying to ruffle her feathers too. As the ball is thrown back into play, brought down Loins Lamb trying to get a hurry kick out of the pack. Hogan was there as well, trying to get the Lawson Tavern. In goes Audley. Mickey wraps her up. Hurry kicker out of the pack there, courtesy of Reynolds. Kiochi intercepted, then got slay over the boundary line by Daisy Pierce, and the ball is over and out. On special comments, Lucy Watkin. So ferocious this first quarter, you can tell it is at finals footy, so much pressure, but as we said, Darabin doing well to absorb it, stop Diamond Creek from scoring, and as we know, they can move it quickly back towards their 50, so be good to see them do that. Ten and a half minutes into the first term here on RSN Carnival, ball brought back into play. Downey wins the tap down. Hickey trying to get the footy. Can't do so. It stacks on the mill. It's just bobbling around like a hot potato. Half forward flank out of side for Diamond Creek. Lauren Pierce tried to feed the handball out of the contest. Audley applies the tackle on her opponent to see everything wrapped up on the 50 metre arc out of side for the Creekers. Things are level here at Coburg City Oval. 11 minutes into the first term. One behind apiece. As Lauren Pierce won the tap down again, Audley's able to extract it, wax it on the right boot, high ball towards centre-half forward, cut off by Elise O'Day, the skipper for the Falcons. Goes across, looking for Birch, didn't take it cleanly, Malloy arrives on the spot, but it was a little too high with the bump. And a free kick will go to Birch on the half-back flank broadcast side. Birch with a footy on the right boot, now working wide with a kick, had to be good and was so, found Lister. Lister with the pill, has Hogan running to the bench, can use a wide if wants to do so, but comes back inboard with the kick. And uh, taking the mark there, Melissa Hickey. Hickey comes back inboard with the kick, looking for Brennan, who takes the mark. In the centre of the ground here at Piranha Park. Scores a level at one of the height apiece. Brennan gets called to hurry on and play on. Oh, it's a shocking kick from her. Normally she's a lot better with that. Delpos threw the play out. Ricocheted off. Got it back. Got it to Melissa Hickey. Put it on the left boot. Looking for Pierce. He put the fist out there and nearly collected Kennedy on the way through. But Kennedy's intercept now looking for Brazali. A little too much juice on the kick. Lister comes after the football as well. Bowls over a few. Maradoff manages to get on the end of it. Hand pass back to O'Connor. O'Connor Draws the player, goes for the hand pass. O'Day, O'Day goes for a short kick, no 15, play on. That's Paxman, who gives away the hand pass to Lister, who goes for a run in between two players, squeezes it inside, 50 with a kick. Game of hands, Georgia Hammond flying forward. Hurry kick away, though, by the Creekers. Was looking for Kiyochi, awkward bounce away from her. Clara Fitzpatrick just slammed it on the boot and looked for space. There is a paddock out there to work with on centre wing out of side of the ground. And getting to there first... With a hand pass over the top, it was very awkward for the Falcons. Now looking for and being caught is Reynolds. Umpire said it was fair play on. Hand pass back in board. Hurry kick now by the Creekers will only go as far as the 21 in Kathleen Rowe. 
So row on the corner of the centre square. It's the defensive side for the Falcons. Outer side. Long ball inboard. Searching for Lister. Went straight past her. Creekers. Give the handball. It's a one-two there between Hicks and Hetherington. They've just fumbled at the crucial moment. Now Audley cleanly gets it away for Diamond Creek. Puts the ball towards centre wing out of side. Chasing after it is Abitangelo. Waxing on the boot. High ball in hope for Diamond Creek. Not the greatest of kicks. Goes down the throat of McDonald. Halfback flank on the outer side for Darabin. Short chip. Okay. Hits up Melissa Hickey. Defensive side of the outer wing. Dishes off the handball to O'Day. Kicks it on the right boot into a bit of space. Kiochi chasing after it. Boundary line will beat all comers. Daisy Pierce also there for the Falcons. We'll get a boundary throw in. 14 minutes in to the first term. There's a blood rule for Birch coming off the ground. And we'll get a boundary throw in between centre wing and half forward on the outer side for Darabin. Darabin looks so good when they get going. Their only thing is they're not getting enough numbers to the ball or moving enough when the player has the ball. And that's been something that Diamond Creek has really been doing, putting the pressure on when the ball has... in the 50-50 situations, especially that one off on the centre wing. So it would be good to see Darabin putting a bit more pressure on it, not relying so much on their star players to create the passages of play. As the ball is thrown back into play, Lauren Pierce won it down. Going through there, Katie Loins. Goes long up the line, through the hands of Oakland, Bernardi out the back door, so is McDonald. Bernardi kicks it forward, does the soccer skills, Bernardi still going there, Malloy does the shovel oh. work, now she can go and pick it up, she does so, go for the Crickers! Selfless bump to take, to take the opponent out there, leaving an open goal to run into, fantastic play by Diamond Creek, need to be a bit more efficient going forward, but hopefully that's a start for them as they take the lead early on early on in this game. And I think they got a little bit lucky there as well because her direct opponent for Malloy had to go off the uh, sidelines there in Elizabeth Birch with the blood rule. So Malloy wasn't immediately picked up, allowing her to run free to create that bump. Hey, all fair, all's fair in love and war. You've got to take advantage while you can. And, mm. he, and they, they, they did just that. Ball back in the middle. Winning an attack down there for Diamond Creek was Fitzpatrick. Straight to the deck. They're trying to extract things now. Hickey, able to get the clearance for the Falcons. Bouncing ball, awkward for everyone at centre-half forward. Grant, flicks the handball back, was searching for Hetherington, was a little too hot. Simpson, flicks the handball out. On the end of a chain of handballs was Brennan, the kick around the body. There's a mark on the last line of defence for Diamond Creek. In the goal square, it was Jurea, and she chips it short into the back pocket on the outer side where the skipper, Kiochi has it. Steph Kiochi with the football, elects to go towards the Sydney Road side of the ground. Has to be good with the kick, looking for Kennedy. Kennedy gets going quickly. Spots up a target. Comes back in board to Grant. Grant with the football, still at half back. Got to be precise with the kicking. Here's Soda Malloy, who's pushed right up the ground. Chloe Malloy, defensive side of centre wing. Decides to go short with the kick. Bit of a fingertipper there. Works out okay for Riddle. He got it off the bounce. Kicked up the line. Rowe was a sitting duck. And here comes Bernardi. He caught it cold. And the umpire says you're holding the football. 
Now going Bernardi. Close towards the boundary line. Abitang Gallo. Ball bounced over her head. Pierce tried to slap it to O'Connor, who got immediately caught by Abitang Gallo. And that's over and out. 45 metres out from the creek. is goal, Lucy Watkin. Bernardi's been very impressive early. Seems to be making chances out of nothing. And that rundown tackle was just exemplary of Diamond Creek's pressure this quarter. Hopefully they can get another scoring opportunity here. They definitely deserve it. Boundary throw in. Just ticked over 17 minutes in the first term. Diamond Creek attacking, getting stripped there was Kennedy, went back in after it ball spilled free from the contest, Lister find the handball off to Daisy Pierce under immediate pressure, Brazali fumbling, lost it and a player comes in over the top of her in Rowe will get a ball up as Audley and Rowe have a bit of a push and shove, ball half forward flank, broadcast side Downey won the tap down for the Creekers, Daisy Pierce able to extract it, spirals a ball. Creekers nearly collided with each other. Fitzpatrick takes the mark. Attacking side of the broadcast wing. Floating kick inside 50. Malloy came from a couple deep, couldn't take the mark, but she's able to pick it up. Dishes the handball off to Downey. Downey across to Grant. Grant's kick inside, attacking 50. Lauren Pierce, oh, she should have taken the mark. Slapped it down. Diamond Creek with the numbers around the footy. Bernardi just went past her. Melissa Hickey composed. Kicks it out wide. A couple of Falcons players here. Dalpos will run onto it at halfback. And Delpos goes for a run, then gets it on the left foot. Works out okay, does it? Trying to get O'Day, draws a player towards her. Hand pass looking for Daisy Pierce, who had to take it on the leap. Ran on, put a hurry kick. Awkward sitting football for Jeray, who managed to slap it to the advantage of Kiyochi. Kiyochi has to uh, think about what she's doing with the football to get past three Falcons. It was picture perfect. Going to Fitzpatrick, he now went long towards the half-forward flank position. Foot race on. Bernardi will get to it first. Has support there if required. Bernardi looking for the one bounce short of her. Can she turn her opponent inside out? Tries to dribble along the ground. Gains about 20 metres, went over and out. Birch still giving Malloy attention. Jeez, what does she do to her in the morning? Give her a prank phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning or something? Birch is not happy with Malloy. Boundary throw in forward pocket broadcast side for Diamond Creek. With under a minute left on the clock in the first term. Long throw back into play. O'Connor won it down. Daisy Pierce under immediate pressure from Gretsch. Got brought to ground. The umpire calls play on. Stacks on the mill. Finally we'll get a ball up. Daisy Pierce getting off the bottom of the pack. A bit of strapping around her left elbow and also left knee. Maybe a little bit banged up from the State of Origin game last week. O'Connor won it down to O'Day who got caught cold. Great tackle applied by Loins. Just this is something you really see the likes of Pierce and O'Day constantly getting tackled. Mm. The pressure being shown early is ferocious from Diamond Creek. They're well and truly in this. If she can convert from this tough chance... Oh boy, they're going to go into into the quarter time break very much with the momentum. And they are working harder. This will be reward for effort if Loins can kick it. Drop punt on its way. It's just to the near side and a minus score. They go in with a seven point lead at quarter time. Diamond Creek 1-2-8 plays one behind here on RSN Carnival. Lucy Watkins. Amazing first quarter from Diamond Creek. Although they didn't score, they looked close the entire quarter. Darabin in saying that did do well, as we said, to absorb the pressure from that. But Diamond Creek just getting so many girls to the ball, putting on so much pressure. 
the likes of Paxman, O'Day and Daisy Pearce have been getting a lot of the ball but just haven't been able to be effective with it because of that pressure and Diamond Creek uh, Bernardi up forward for them has done really well with Libby Birch giving Chloe Malloy so much attention so I definitely think Diamond Creek have really come in with, you know, wanting to give themselves the best chance possible it seems Darwin, they just need a lift because they look so good when they get going but they just need need to work for each other a bit more that's what I'm seeing so far Goal kicker at quarter time is just Christina Bernardi and uh, Katie. She had a fantastic first term for Diamond Creek. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a real key in that quarter. And, you know, maybe Diamond Creek a bit unlucky not to kind of force more chances in that sense after, you know, with a lot of the good work. They've had more of the contributors so far. I don't think it's all doom and gloom for Darabin at all. I think you've seen snippets of what they can do in terms of their ball movement, but they just got to get into that more often. And Pete, importantly, from the last time we saw Diamond Creek play Darabin, their kicking and their structure is a lot better. Still a couple of kicks in hope, but it's better. It is, it is, but um, I'll, I'll pass judgment in the third term. That's yep. That third quarter is then you'll see if Darabin are going to win a game or not if they switch on. So uh, still a long way to travel. be interesting to see how they cope with the challenge that will no doubt come their way from Darabin in the second term. <laughs> quarter time here at Piranha Park, Coburg City Oval. 1-2-8 Diamond Creek, one behind Darabin. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. It's access all areas to the game of golf. No, I did win, actually. Inside the ropes, talks with the Aussie golfing guns at home and overseas. I just aimed for the back of the green and it actually bummed back and saw about the It's all thanks to Golf Australia. That's an extraordinary achievement. Inside the ropes. Every Sunday morning from 6 to 7. Obviously the weekend was a great result. On RSN 927. Some bandit on a handicap of 20 coming. Or catch it streaming live and podcast everywhere at rsn.net.au. Behind bathroom tiles, under vinyl floor covering and carpets. You might not know it, but homes built or renovated before 1987 may contain asbestos. In cement sheeting, corrugated roofing, almost anywhere. So if you're renovating or doing a bit of DIY and you don't know the dangers, you could be risking your own and your family's lives. Is it my turn, Dad? Are you playing renovation roulette? Find out at asbestosawareness.com.au. I usually wear white. And I prefer black. But lately, we've been getting into orange. When you're wearing SES Orange, you know you're making a difference. And you're learning great new skills. You'd be surprised how good you'll feel in Orange. The Victoria State Emergency Service is recruiting volunteers now for a broad range of roles. Visit ses.vic.gov.au or call 1300 842737 and find out if Orange is right for you. Authorised by Victoria State Emergency Service Melbourne. Spoken by Emery's in A. Smallwood. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids, and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars, and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. This is Danny Green. On a night out, just like this, take it from me. One punch can be deadly. 
thrown in anger, without warnings, without gloves, it can kill. One punch can end their life and ruin yours. It takes grunt to throw it. It takes guts to walk away. One punch can be deadly. Authorised and spoken by Danny Green Perth. Live across the world. This is the girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. Indeed, this is the girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Final Series. Earlier today in the minor semi-final, we saw a win to uh, St Kilda over Melbourne Uni by 20 points. While here in the major semi-final quarter time, 1-2-8, Diamond Creek lead Darabin one behind. Uh, Katie Lambeski, we're talking a little bit off air. It just seemed that Darabin just seemed Darabin seemed to be a little bit flat at the moment. Yeah, um, it was noticeable, but in the same time, like I said before, it's, they've, they've got that little. You see what they're capable of with their ball movement, and it's just a matter of clicking more often than not. They need to lift the people. You know, you know, your Pierce and O'Day is too much is being left on their shoulders. You know, you need more to kind of step up and. You know, kind of take control of this game, and if they don't, well, you could find yourself out of this game very quickly. Diamond Creek need to convert their chances, but it's very much it's very much uh, in the air right now. Indeed, it is uh, Lucy Watkin. Who will Darren be looking to for the spark? Because as, as we mentioned, they are missing a key out in Darcy Vessio. Mm. That is, yeah, we were talking about that as well. I think Darcy Vessio was a huge loss because it's hard as well when you have a forward line where. Your key forward is Katie Brennan. Obviously, a lot of attention has got to be played on, played on her. And you know, you, you would want your midfielders to, to score goals as well. When you have names like Daisy Pierce and stuff in your midfield, you know they're very well capable of that. But the pressure from Diamond Creek has just been just so immense that it, it seems hard that Darabin, Darabin are going to be able to move forward quickly. But you do think they will still turn to those big names, the Marinoffs, the, da- the Daisy Pierces, the Astro Connors, those kinds of things. But it would be good to see Katie Brennan show that form that she has had recently and just turn the game on its head. To get us underway for the second term here on RSN Carnival, who's your lead caller and Matthew Cox. Thank you very much. Oh, no. But there, there we are, some buzz on the boundary line. There had to be one all year, there had to be one. I was just going to say, there was an empty beer can. He's wearing a pick hat, that's why. <laughs> oh, wow. There was a beer can down there and... Say in spirit, Christy Williams. Ball <laughs> <laughs> underway. Dowdy won the tap down, chasing after her own footy. Now Delpos, Astro O'Connor in there as well for Darabin. Gets a kick towards half forward. Katie Brennan wants to move it quickly. Short kick inside, attacking 50. Not the greatest. Goes out the back of the pack. Coming through Moorcroft. Dishes the handball off to Kiyoshi. She was a sitting duck, but was able to get the handball away in time. Taking it away was Morecambe. Gets it towards centre wing on the broadcast side. Paxman got dispossessed. Umpire calls play on. Diamond Creek worked their way away from the pack. Barden kicks it in towards the middle of the ground. Bernardi takes the mark. Malloy inside attacking. 50 on the lead. Couldn't take the mark cleanly. Shrugged the tackle off from Birch. Malloy runs into an open goal. Emphatic start, yeah. emphatic start by Diamond Creek, running it off their running it off their halfback flank to push forward. Excellent play by Bernard to set up Malloy up forward, and they get their rewards for that sharper ball movement, quicker going forward more directly, and they get their reward for it. Yeah, and Lucy, we would have seen in years gone by Diamond Creek side trying to struggle to get it out of defence from Darabin, but the ability for them to be able to work it up the ground. Yeah, that was a great like sort of setup for that goal as well. The lead into that was amazing, and I'm just 
still, I'm not convinced with Libby Birch on Chloe Malloy. I think they need someone a bit more physical for Chloe. As it's one down the middle of the ground by Downey, got it across to Riddle. Riddle slammed it on the boot, goes towards centre half forward with a kick. Mark taken by Bernardi. Bernardi delivers inside. Oh, nearly taken one, headed by Kennedy, who got it back. And it's another for the Crickets. They're on early. Jeez. 3 2 20 Diamond Creek. Darabin one behind. I have not seen a Darabin side caught so flat footed to start a quarter. Jeez, that's a really, really disappointing start from the Falcons there. But, you know, Diamond looking, Diamond Creek absolutely undeniable early on. And more importantly, they're putting it on the board. It, you know, as we pointed out earlier, it's a significant difference what they've done in the past. And they're getting their awards early. I, I, you just sense Diamond Creek have a sniff that, jeez, if we could put them away this quarter, yeah. we're on the way to Etihad. Ball underway, Downey wins the tap down, Audley chasing after it, got shoved off the footy, Kiochi applies the tackle, ball in dispute, still inside the centre circle, Mel Hickey now trying to extract it, she's wrapped up. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Just on the edge of the centre circle, slapped down by Lauren Pierce into the hands of the Creek as the handball given off to Kiochi, brought immediately to ground by Arnell, the umpire. Is going to call for it. We've moved to the centre wing broadcast side. Sunshine coming down here at Coburg City Oval and not a breath of wind this afternoon. Back underway, Daisy Pierce trying to get the Falcons going. Goes towards half forward with the kick. Was an awkward bounce. Tarrington sitting underneath it. Kicks it back towards the broadcast wing. Darabin have the mark. And it's Ebony Marinoff, the rising star. There's a Falcons player in a bit of trouble coming to the bench. Dalpos flicks the handball. It's intercepted here by Barden. Goes straight up the middle. Malloy takes the mark. 50 metres out from goal. It's a bacon goal square again. Malloy, one bounce, two bounces. Goes offline. And we're coming back. There's a whistle. A free kick. Looks Darabin like it's going play. away of Darabin and Birch. Against Bernardi. So, lucky in the way it didn't bounce through, otherwise they would have been spewing for that to be a goal to be reversed. But, nonetheless, Elizabeth Birch has the free kick for the Falcons. Down by 19 points, set a half back, looking for Daisy Pierce, who makes the lead. It got away from Riddle. Pierce now wants to come in forward with a kick, looking for O'Day. O'Day's got attention from Hetherington. O'Day beat her out, but uh, did a shocking kick going forward. Good pressure put on by Lister. Ball is trapped now between centre wing and half forward flank for the Falcons. We'll call for a ball up on special comments. Lucy Watkin. Libby Birch, lucky with the free kick back there. Gave Chloe Malloy too much room again. I would like them to see put Mel Hickey or someone with that physicality back on Malloy to sort of stop her that run from the half-forward flank. Shea Audley, hurry kick out of the pack. Umpire said no, 15. is Pierce now hand-passing in front of herself. Um, it was Paxman, got bumped off the football. Then going in, Kiachi, awkward bounce away. Didn't sit right there for the uh, player in Smith. Now it was taking it Grant. Grant now has the footy for Diamond Creek off half-back. Goes out towards the wing position. Hands up in the air for Downey. Umpire wouldn't pay the mark. Trying to fight for it is Lamb. Stolen away Paxman who just slammed it on the boot. Goes inside 50 with a kick. Awkward bounce. Moorcroft fighting out the back. Trapped it one-handed. Draw the player towards her. Hand pass looking for Hetherington. Hetherington decides to go for a run. Had a player out wide and Brazali instead went from the Bernardi direction. Two on one. Awkward bounce to her. Oh, great smart. Got it to Brazali. Got it cross back to Bernardi. Bernardi has support there on Brazali. Beats out three players. Beats out four players. Has to come back in board with a kick. Dangerous stuff. Almost worked out okay there for the player in Kennedy who was coming. 
coming through, bumped off the football at the crucial moment, running back there is Hogan, who's got to take on a few, does so, draws the player, hand pass over the top, Maradoff, hurry kick, towards centre half forward, smacked away there, courtesy of Simpson, crash, boom, bang, bodies go through, Delpos jumps on top, and we'll call for a bounce between centre half forward and centre of the ground. Five and a half minutes into the second term here on RSN Carnival. Krieger's 3-2-20. Darabin just the one behind. Kiochi trying to fight her way from the contest was caught by O'Day. And there's a free kick going the way of the Krieger's. And it will be going the way of Kiochi. Assuming for the high tackle. She goes wide with the kick. Has Hetherington who takes the mark on centre wing. In her 150th game of senior football for Diamond Creek goes wide with the kick and Kennedy who's been busy early for Diamond Creek takes the mark great kick, great mark taken by Barden attacking side of the outer wing for Diamond Creek a little slower to go inside attacking 50 this time around because it's quite congested but she's spotted out the ruck Woman in Downey goes inside attacking 50 with the kick. Ball comes off hands close to the boundary line in the outer pocket. Hogan went back inboard with a handball and the ball is seen over the boundary line and out of play as there's a bit more push and shove in that forward pocket, Pete. Getting a bit tense down there. Special comments, Katie Lembeski. Very, very much um, impressed by the, the patient build-up there down the wing, just maintaining possession, meaning Darwin don't have the ball and robbing them of what they're good at, you know, their ball skill. You know, very impressive stuff, very smart footy by Diamond Creek. One Pierce got it across to O'Day, got dispossessed of the football, but managed to get it back again. Goes for a hurry kick towards centre-half back now, centre-half forward, because then it's set to by Grant. It was going to blaze away, then pause for a moment. Thinking about her options, Emma Grant, the forward Pitigo Thunder captain, goes long inside 50 with the kick, a bit of pushing and shoving, ball hit the ground. Abitangelo now kicks around the corner and it has hit the post out of bounds of the full. Am I saying that right, Lucy? Abitangelo. Abitangelo. Think yeah. of Jello. Abitangelo. <laughs> I'm never going to get a gig on SBS, I'm telling you. <laughs> Sure My knife's going to stunner in the works late in the season, I understand. Oh, yeah. Paxman wouldn't be the first. <laughs> goes wide with the kick, it's off target, goes over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in. Just inside attacking, 50 now on the broadcast side for Diamond Creek. They're 3-2-20. Darabin, just the minor score early in that first term. Since then, haven't really looked like scoring. Ball tossed back into play. Gretsch going up against O'Connor. Ball brought to ground. Bernardi wraps up Hickey and we'll get another ball up. Still just inside attacking 50 on the broadcast side for Diamond Creek. We've done all the attacking so far in this second quarter. Quick clearing kick for the Falcons. Almost ended up in the lap there of Arnell. She juggled it over the line. That means we'll have a boundary throw in. Attacking side of the broadcast wing for Diamond Creek approaching nine minutes in the second term here on RSN Carnival, the major semi-final. As we wait for it to be thrown back into play, Downey versus O'Connor. Umpire says that was both hands in the back and an easy free kick to Alison Downey. Downey looking further afield for options. Gets on the right, goes long inside 50. Oh, at the back! 
just waiting for it. It literally fell on the lap of Lauren Brazali and should be having a shot on goal from about uh, 30 metres out on a slight angle. How lucky can you get with that ball drop? Kind of tells the story of the second quarter so far, hasn't it? Um, very much in Dime Creek's advantage. You'll find luck goes your way when you do the right things and the big kick coming up. Lauren Brazali gets the distance, Ooh. does not have the accuracy, pushes <laughs> it left. 3-3-21, Diamond Creek. Darabin one behind. Nine and a half minutes gone, the second term here on RSN Carnival. So the Falcons to bring the ball back into play. Paxman, as the duties, decides to play on. Tried to get around Kennedy. Couldn't do so. Handball too hot for Arnell. They're in a bit of strife on halfback here. Darabin under all sorts of pressure. Paxman dishes off the handball. Now Hickey under pressure. Had to go back to Hogan. Whacked it on the boot in home and hits up a target. Centre wing, the kick smothered. Opportunity for Kiochi. Used the body well. Worked out okay for the Creekers. That was Harrington. Gets the ball towards half forward. It was turned over. Hogan takes the mark. Kicks the ball inboard to Delpos between... Centre and half back goes short to Simpson. Long way from home for the Falcons. Long kick in the Brennan direction. She takes the mark. Centre half forward for Darabin. Now it's a vacant goal square at the moment. Jurea getting back on the line. Kicks it inboard. Comes off hands. Diamond Creek. Slow to get it. Then Jurea. Eventually able to gather. Kicks the ball out wide. Kennedy gets the handball over the top to Grant. Will chip the kick over the top to Audley. Plays on off halfback. Has a couple of options on centre wing. Audley got flattened after she got the kick away. It'll be a downfield free kick for Diamond Creek. Defensive side of the broadcast wing. Here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the short kick by Lamb goes to Kiochi. Steph Kiochi with the football, still defensive side of wing. Goes for the switch, has to be good with it, short and sharp. Harrington uh, takes the football, Karen Harrington. Finding Brasali, half-back flank, out of side of the ground. They're trying to spread, not much really to go to. So she just pumps it long oh. and down the line, looking for Heatherington to get onto it. She does, draws the player and Iggy towards her. Hand pass to Amelia Barton. Barton going inside 50 with the kick, up a Tangelo! Uh. Unreal. Unreal coast-to-coast footy, patient mm. ball movement, and wow, I, I can't really can't believe what I'm seeing here at the moment. Darwin very much on the ropes. Well, I think Darwin are intimidated by this. Mm. You can see the frustration. Katie Brennan flattened Shay Audley off the ball. Don't think you see her do that often. Oh, Abitangelo could have really put the knife in. And old habits of Diamond Creek, they do just about everything right, but just the scoreboard. But mind you, they do lead by 21 points, 3-4-22 to one behind. It's funny, in any other side, in any other game, would say, oh, geez, they're comfortably controlling this. But against the Darabin side, and you know what they're capable of, you go, you're ahead, but are you really ahead? Yeah. They need another two goals prior to half time, I think, just to be safe. As it's ball back into play, McDonald's pressured over the boundary line and out of play. What uh, really back w- flank on the outer side. What really would, would have been worrying there was that they, well, they worked the ball really well up the middle there, but they didn't take advantage of it at all. The move just kind of fell down and Diamond Creek rebounded up forward. This is very worrying signs for Darren. Boundary throw in, Downey wins the tap down. There's a scrum of players around the footy. Paxman was able to extract it. 
Although Brazali will send the ball back inside, attacking 50 for Diamond Creek. Malloy flew, couldn't bring it in. Williams dished the handball off. Arnell under all sorts of pressure, got thrown off the footy. They're under all sorts of pressure. Kiyachi from 40 metres out, put it over the top of the goal, up by his hat. And Diamond Creek moved to 4-4-28. Darren stuck on a minor score. And we are about 14 minutes, 13 and a half minutes into the second term here on RSN Carnival, Lucy Watkin. This is just getting taken away from Durban. If Diamond Creek gets another goal, you would think that it could be a little bit of a nail in the coffin, but, you know, Durban capable of so much, but just cannot get the ball. They need more numbers to the ball. They need to start exerting some pressure. They need to start looking hungry before... And centre square infringement going the way of Diamond Creek free kick. Just quickly as well, Lucy, your comments are going worldwide. Currently listening to you at the moment, 12 a.m. in America. Brian Barish is listening online. <laughs> the American VT. The American VT. Had the joy of working with him. Very much admired his commentary. As the ball's in the middle of the ground, Pierce uh, got dispossessed of the football. Out comes Lamb, who kicked it straight to the face of Lister. O'Connor took away the rebound, went inside 50 with the kick. Small from behind by Jeray. Caught immediately with the football there is Georgia Hammond, and the umpire says she's going nowhere. We'll call for a ball up. I was just thinking about inside 50 entries for Darabin. They've had maybe half a dozen all game, if that. Like that yeah, yeah. probably three this term. As Haven't had a mark inside 50 yet either, I don't think. Clara Fitzpatrick managed to punch the ball forward, only as far as Pierce, who very lazily just slammed that on the boot towards the top of the square. Running in hard for it is Colvin, trying to get a hurry kick about the pack. Jeraya Clara Fitzpatrick trying to get a hurry kick away again, but straight into the breadbasket of an opposing oh. player. Jeraya now with the right boot kick, kicks it out towards the wing position, trying to bust her gut to get out there is Paxman. She gets the football first, got around Kiochi. Paxman up running! Katie Brennan with the football, 45 metres out from goal, goes for the pass to Pierce. So Daisy Pierce taking the mark in front of Shay Ortley. She's having a think about it. She'll be 50 metres out from goal. That's outside her range. She's just chewing up the clock, hoping for someone to lead to. Now goes towards the top of the square. Bit of pushing and a shoving. Lauren Pierce is there. Riddle off the ground. It's oh. away to the left. Courtesy of Colvin, a minor score. Two behind Starabin, 4-4-28, Diamond Creek. 15 and a half minutes gone in this second term. And special comments, Lucy Watkin. Darabin, they're getting it back a little bit, but they need to make sure they, they get the ball back from Diamond Creek and keep it off Diamond Creek because they're moving it so well at the moment. Jurea booming kick, loins, rows over the top of the pack but couldn't bring it in. Hickey being pushed towards the boundary line, handballed it back into play to Reynolds. It's over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in between centre wing and half forward broadcast side for the Falcons. Next four minutes is crucial for Diamond Creek, isn't it, Katie? If Darabin can sneak a couple here, game back on. Just, it, only, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much at all with Darabin. And they're beginning to challenge Daisy Pierce. Spiraled kick was partially smothered into the hands of Audley. Goes towards centre wing broadcast side. The tackle is laid on and it's in the back. Free kick will go the way of Amelia Barden. Defensive side of the broadcast wing for Diamond Creek. Now they've got an option way out the back. It looks like it's Downey and they've got the... Gives the handball off immediately to Kiyoshi. Sold a bit of candy. Half forward for Diamond Creek. Puts it inside attacking 50. Where the mark is taken by Abitangelo. Did I get that right, Lucy? Abitangelo, almost. Almost. Mm -hmm. 
we'll continue working on that. <laughs> Directly in front, 45 metres out. She comes in. And again, she's offline with the kick, falls short, and it's pushed over the boundary line and out of play by Birch, who again tries to ruffle the feathers of Chloe Malloy in the forward pocket on the outer side for Diamond Creek. They're 4-4-28. Darabin two behind, 17 and a half minutes gone in the second turn here on RSN Carnival. Georgia Hammond versus... Uh Allison Downey in the ruck. Downey won it down. Ball bobbling around. Hickey there. Brennan's now gone to the back line as well. Oh, he goes Downey with a snap. And he's got it. Oh, is that the backbreaker nearing half time? There's two minutes to go in this second term. Oh, uh, kind of. And the lead is just extended out. I don't know if you were saying kind of because he agreed. It was the camera just carrying the camera. Love your work nonetheless, mate, but you're not getting paid for it. Two behinds the Darabin Falcons. 5-4-34 Diamond Creek. You just got a feeling, Katie, if the Creekers can just shut it down this last minute and a half and walk into halftime like this, she's done and dusted. The momentum's all this. The momentum's all this as the referee throws the ball up. 18 and a half minutes into the second term. Loins kicks it around her body. Bouncing ball. Awkward. Center wing. Darabin trying to release a handball in the direction of O'Day. Oh, she went past it and opened an opportunity for Diamond Creek. Daisy Pierce having the track backwards. Collects the ball cleanly but was under pressure from Williams. Able to get the handball away. She's pushed it over the boundary line. The umpire says throw it in. Just quickly, if you're the St Kilda Sharks, they've already left the ground to watch their grand final, Casey Fields of the Reserves. If you were watching this, do you go, there's blood in the water here mm. for next week? There's blood in the water. Yeah, with, you know, with their momentum, with their, after their win today, unreal. So everything's been turned on its head. As it's back into play, centre wing out of side, straight into a congested area of the field, and we'll get a ball up. We are realistically looking at all four teams being very much legitimate contenders. Now, not necessarily, you know, you know. Sometimes you fall short in Limnesh Mall. Sometimes you see sides that just aren't quite ready yet. But I, I can't remember being this open for this long. As we'll get another ball up, still centre wing out of side. Here at Coburg City Oval, good crowd in attendance. They've stuck around for this game. Daisy Pierce tried to shovel it out of the contest. Higgy had to feed the handball inboard. In fact, she actually received that handball and pushed it towards the half-forward flank on the outer side. Went over the boundary line. We'll get another throw in. About 80 metres from home for the Falcons as we're about to hit half-time here at Coburg City Oval. Siren's not working, obviously, as the ball's kicked inside attacking 50. What's going on here? Because we've blown the 20 minutes... That's, uh, well, that could have been interesting. That could have. Mm. Siren gate. Darabin went inside attacking 50. Diamond Creek had numbers in the back pocket, but... Um, Katie maybe. Brennan, very close to that ball. That was kicked in just before the siren. Maybe the uh, timekeeper's just enjoying the sun here at Coburg City. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, that would have been controversial if she'd marked and goal out of that. Oh, Absolutely. 5-4-34, Diamond Creek, two behind Darabin Falcons. Let's just re-emphasize that. Uh, the last time we saw a low score by Darabin was in round one against Melbourne Union when they kicked the goal. 
let's to be fair in that game, it was a five goal to one game. It was very wet conditions Bad out conditions, there. Yeah. You were there, Lucy. This is a sunshiny, perfect day, perfect conditions for football. The ground is picture perfect. No wind. Darabin have not kicked a goal in a half for football. I'd love to know when the last time that happened. Maybe, maybe it's the first time ever today. Maybe we're seeing some history, some unfortunate little remark of history, but it's all Diamond Creek. Uh, I know you don't want to get too cocky, but if you were da- Diamond Creek and you run off the ground now, you'd run past the Darabin girls and just say, we've kept you goalless for a half. Remember that? We just kept you goalless for a half. Nah, keep it quiet. Oh, mind on the job, eyes on the job, focus, focus, focus. That's a big mental edge, though, isn't it, for, yeah. for Diamond Creek after so long. In games that we've seen against Darabin in the recent past, they've challenged them for a quarter and then just fizzled away. To have a half of football now and scoreboard pressure, that is a big advantage for Diamond Creek, not just for this game, but if they were to play each other in two weeks' time, exactly. that's a big advantage huge advantage and also to know that not even just scoreboard pressure but to know that around the ground you've kept the pressure on you've they've, they effectively kept the ball off Darabin for that entire quarter like I, I feel like if we looked at the possessions you have a bit of a, a, a state of origin um last week kind of possession count where you just see Diamond Creek players leading the possession count with hardly any Darabin players up there which speaks volumes of the type of footy and the pressure that Diamond Creek is putting on Darabin today and you mentioned, Pope, that all the St Kilda Sharks may have travelled off. There's one pivotal person still here, Lisa Caddo, just uh, watching on for the St Kilda Sharks. Feeding back information. I mean, <laughs> the one thing is these games are being video-streamed as well, so they will have vision to look back at, and they'll yep. be just there going, right, OK. I mean, they do have a concern themselves with Bree Davey, and they don't know if Taylor Harris will play in week two. But still, leaving that aside, they'll be going, right, if we can just harass and harass and harass like Diamond Creek are doing today. Yeah. Uh, for both Katie and Lucy and both your minds, who has been this pivotal force behind Diamond Creek and this sensational first half? I want to go with Steph Jotty. I really enjoyed you know, her game, her zip, her run, her leadership has really kind of set the tone. Her, you know, Very classy in possession as well, particularly coming off the halfback flank and really key in, in, you know, in the way Diamond Creek have moved the ball. Yeah, I think Steph Giochi has been really good. As you said, that run, leadership, sort of off the ball. But all of Diamond Creek's inside midfielders, your Audleys, your Loins, um, Jess Kennedy, they've been pretty amazing around the stoppages to keep the pressure on, to neutralise Daisy Pierce, you know, the other days, the Paxmans, but also Christina Bernardi up forward. She's been pretty instrumental creating chances for Diamond Creek. I don't think you can single it out to a player. Yeah, yeah that too. Interesting point. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here at halftime on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, where at the moment it's Darabin two behinds trailing Diamond Creek 5-4-34. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. RSN927 wants to send you to the unforgettable Royal Melbourne show to make memories that last a lifetime. To catch the fireworks in entertainment. And to see the animals right up close. Every day we're drawing winners of family passes or $50 ride cards or general entry tickets. Get your name in now on the competitions page at rsn.net.au and enjoy the unforgettable show from September 23 with RSN927. 
Children drown in portable pools every year in Australia. Others are hospitalised because of non-fatal drowning incidents. Young children can easily topple in and drowning is silent and happens quickly. Royal Life Saving and Consumer Affairs Agencies across Australia are reminding people to take important safety steps like active supervision of kids in and around portable pools. The question is, can you make it safe? For more information and simple safety tips, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash make it safe. Three form heavyweights. They just went flat out the whole way. Dean Lester, Warren Huntley, David Gately. Leading Sunday's racing review. It's correct weight. Sunday mornings from eight. It's the wrap of Saturday's key racing with a word from the winning connections. She looks a really exciting filly. Then from 9.30, Brad Baker takes over with a Sunday racing preview. Checking in around Australia. This is Sam Highland about to give us the latest track conditions. Dean Lester leads correct weight. Sunday mornings from eight on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. We love a bit. Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Lisa from the Bronicas for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. Your age, most of us played sport when we were young, and there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport, and that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids, and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars, and my message is simple let kids be kids, let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the rules to find out more. You're okay. Just did it because it likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. Our children are so precious, and the next generation of farmers. Make a safe play area where the fence and gates are secure. With supervision, you'll reduce the chance of kids being injured, or worse. Visit farmsafe.org.au. Hi, it's Eric from Deaf Children Australia. Ready for your next lesson? With your left hand palm facing you, touch the left thumb with the right pointer finger. That's A. Now put the same pointer finger onto the left hand pointer. That's E. And for I, O and U, point and place on the next three fingers. They're the vowels. How easy is that? Next time I'll teach you to sign nice things like thank you. At Deaf Children Australia, we're helping young deaf people reach their potential at school and in life. Please join us. Together we can make a difference. This is Danny Green. On a night out just like this, take it from me. One punch can be deadly. Thrown in anger, without warning, without gloves, it can kill. One punch can end their life and ruin yours. It takes grunt to throw it. It takes guts to walk away. One punch can be deadly. Authorised and spoken by Danny Green Perth. Do you know someone with macular degeneration or glaucoma who's finding it hard to get around because of vision loss? They may have recently had a fall or you've noticed they're no longer able to find their way around safely. If you do, you should contact Guide Dogs. They help people just like this to stay safe and active. And it's a free service. To find out how Guide Dogs assists people with impaired vision to stay safe and independent, call 1-800-804-805. That's 1-800-804-805. Behind bathroom tiles. 
under vinyl floor covering and carpets. You might not know it, but homes built or renovated before 1987 may contain asbestos. In cement sheeting, corrugated roofing, almost anywhere. So if you're renovating or doing a bit of DIY and you don't know the dangers, you could be risking your own and your family's lives. Is it my turn, Dad? Are you playing renovation roulette? Find out at asbestosawareness.com.au It's access all areas to the game of golf. No, I did win, actually. Inside the ropes, talks with the Aussie golfing guns at home and overseas. I just aimed for the back of the green and it actually bummed back and saw about before. It's all thanks to Golf Australia. That's an extraordinary achievement. Inside the ropes, every Sunday morning from 6 to 7. Obviously the weekend was a great result. On RSN 927. Some bandit on a handicap of 20 coming. Or catch it streaming live and podcast everywhere at rsn.net.au Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. You are listening to the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Our VFL Women's Finals uh, double header and in the elimination semi-final earlier, St Kilda Sharks 9-5-59 defeated. Melbourne Uni 5-9-39 to eliminate Melbourne Uni from the final series. Here at the moment, Darabin two behinds, Diamond Creek 5-4-34. No, I didn't get that the wrong way around. Diamond Creek lead Darabin by 32 points at half time. And I think more than anything, the crowd seems to be rather quiet. I think they're almost shell-shocked in a way of what's going on. Seems that way. You know, you've got some people out there enjoying having a kick as well, so... Great scenes here, great crowd in, and a massive second half to come. I reckon the crowd's actually increased. Mm. Yeah, 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 it has. I think if the weather's just turned nice around lunchtime, people have gone, oh, yeah, I might go watch the footy. And Isn't it nice to have spring in the air, September, finals, oh. everything's just lining up. <laughs> Everyone loves it. And, and dare I say, as much as, I guess, from a commentary point of view, in two weeks' time, we'll like Eddie Hatt Stadium, because hopefully we'll be in a nice broadcast box mm. on the wing overlooking play. In, in another way, it does make me miss that we won't have the grand final at Coburg because you look at this for a semi-final crowd and you can normally easily double that for a grand final crowd and you're thinking, geez, it would have been nice to be here on a sunshiny day when it's absolutely packed on grand final day. Even, uh, I know Princess Park is out of action at the moment, but even having it there, it's yeah. got a bit more seating, a uh, little bit better facilities, but even a ground like that, you'd still get some atmosphere with a, yeah. with a smallish crowd. And, and Kate, see, I'm just on that, and Katie Lucy also add to that, which we're seeing right now, the crowd kicking the footy on the ground, which we won't see at Eddie Had Stadium. Mm. That's a shame, but at the same time, it's amazing how unloved Eddie Had Stadium still is. I mean, for almost 20 years, and it's just the most unloved stadium in Melbourne, I reckon, unfortunately as it is. Now, look, it's a, it's a stadium fitting the occasion. We want this mm. professionalism. We want, you know, plays on the biggest stage possible. Let's you know, let's put them out there. Let's uh, let's uh. Let's give them the spotlight. That's exactly what I thought about, like, the State of Origin last week as well. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people saying, oh, I have it at Witten Oval or somewhere like that where, you know, you'll get, you know, packed to the brim. Like, it'll look really good. But I think Eddie had Stadium, as you said. It's the stadium fit for the occasion. Put them on the big stage. Give them a chance. I, I mean, reckon that's really nice. Yeah, essentially, too, you want players experiencing that bigger stage. As the AFL women's grows, you want them to have that exposure playing on these bigger grounds. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for it. I can see your point. Pete, but uh, with respect, let's head to Erhard.
just another point to bring up. We had the Nee Felton fan club uh, in the first game. We've now got the Lucy Watkin fan club delivering drinks. It's our own executive assistant. (laughs) (laughs) As we speak, the Diamond Creek side back out in the ground, nice and early. Um, let's see if uh, Darwin play any mind games like they did. I think I think it was the grand final, from the semi final or grand final two years ago when when um, when Diamond Creek were already in position out on the ground. Darwin came out late and then proceeded to do their stretches and warm ups to hold them up for a minute more before getting into position. Very clever, very clever as they come out now. It's like Adelaide on Thursday night. That was really random. Have they all stood next to each other and not <laughs> linking arms? Well, they're out on the ground now, and like I said, this is their warm-up that they did when they held up Diamond Creek that time. They did their stretches, but it's great to see, as we talk about the crowd as well, and I reckon there's at least a 1,000 or so people here at Piranha Park, we should say there's a limited number of Diamond Creek jumpers and scarves and Darabin jumpers and scarves. This is a lot of people just coming along to watch women's football, to have a look. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a big fan of clubs merchandising. I'd like to see a lot more of it, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a lot of... Wear your colours. So much relies on colours with footy, you know. You wear your colours proudly, and the more people can do that with scarves, beanie shirts, whichever, oh, the, get it out there. The biggest thing that clubs have got to sell, and believe me, they, they, they always, particularly cricket, they always move, and footy during winter, is you've got to get those stubby holders. Because the stubby, <laughs> the stubby holders, I kid you not, when it gets cold... And, you know, you're selling stubby holes at just 10 bucks and you're selling them at a bar. People just look at it going, oh, it's a nice souvenir. And it's a bit like, mm. particularly it's a cold winter month, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind putting my drink in that. And they, just the amount that you move with these stubby holders. <laughs> giving me an idea for your Christmas present, Pope. Thanks very much. It's little simple things like that that, uh, yeah, get people... Uh, get people going. Mind you, I should just quickly say, we had someone around earlier from Bullying Templestowe uh, uh, Amateur Footy Club who've got a women's side. They hosted uh, the USA Liberty in one of the tour matches there. They had their supporter scarves. Um, they had 20 of them at the end of the game and just went to the USA Liberty team. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> just go buy this 20 supporter scarves. That's you a good know, idea. That's nice. Yeah. Like, they'd be sorry. You'd be wrapped if you were an American girl who came over and you got one of them. Like, even if it's yeah. like a random bullying scarf, you'd be, you'd be pretty wrapped with that. And the Americans were selling their USA Freedoms uh, beanies. They sold out before the Freedom First game because Liberty were playing at Manor Lakes. They had someone selling a, a stall setting up to sell the uh, scarves and beanies, and they had already sold out Amazing. before the end of the first Jeez. game. That's cool. People love a souvenir. Yeah. It's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come along the final stuff, you've club stalled. Take and... note, VFLW clubs. Yeah. You're going to go onto these merchandise. I'm telling you, you'll rake it in. Well, we're about to start the second half here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. 32-point lead to Diamond Creek over Darabin to get us underway for the third term is Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden, as the umpire holds the ball in the air to mark the start of the second half of this major semi-final. Downey wins the tap down for Diamond Creek. Continue to fist it forward for the Creekers. Ball now at half forward. Hickey. Gets wrapped up, tried to get the handball away, couldn't do so. Under pressure there is Lamb. He's wrapped up and the umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up on the 50 metre arc. Outer side of Coburg City Oval for Diamond Creek. King to the grandstand end. There's a block and a free kick will go the way of Downey for Diamond Creek. What's the 50 look like? Malloy on the lead, ignored. 
Downey now giving the hurry up. Gretsch now on the lead. It was over her head. Loins had two to beat. Ball came to ground. Bernardi on hands and knees. Tried to dish the handball out to Audley. Went back in after it. Got a kick away from the contest. Williams chasing after it. Forward pocket out of side. Dropped the ball call. Cold. The umpire called play on. Getting the kick away was Brennan, but there's a hole and a free kick will go the way of Downey again. Half forward flank, out of side for Diamond Creek. Cal Bayonel on that occasion. Downey, 52 metres out from goal, goes along towards the pocket. Flying from behind there was Williams, who brought the ball to ground. O'Connor sold the candy lovely, then got across to McDonald, got on the right boot, up against the boundary line. Not much to go to. I think Fazali waiting out the back, close towards the boundary line. Gretsch is there, parking herself underneath it, though. It's Astor O'Connor who takes the mark for the Darabin Falcons. Elects to play on pretty quickly. Works it towards the outer side of the ground. Pierce was flying through the air. That's Daisy. Who has to spin around blind turn. Her kick though is smothered. Audley is there going in to pick up the football though. Morecambe got a hurry little kick away looking for Gretsch. Gretsch was slid down. O'Connor jumped over the top of her. Weems gave away a hand pass. Now kicking it towards the top of the square. Bernardi slapped away by Hagen at the last second. Bernardi is there! And they take the goal on Bayer's head as he popped it through. 6-4-40, Diamond Creek, two behinds, Darwin. I'm saying it right now. The Crickers are off the Etihad Stadium. Katie Lembeski. One foot is certainly in the door. Unbelievable. They've picked up where they've left off. Pressed it in their half. Darwin, no chance of getting it out of there. No one forward, no one forward of centre at all. And, uh, and Diamond Creek, the execution has just been... You know, outstanding, and they're, you know they're putting it in. They're getting the reward for it as well. And a 38-point lead, I couldn't have imagined that at the start of a third quarter. Downey in the middle got the tap down, and now it's O'Day, the skipper, trying to get something going for Darab and uh, yeah, Darabin on half forward. Wool just bobbling around. Kiochi applies the clamp, and we're all wrapped up. Half forward flank, outer side for the Falcons. Still yet to score a goal, and we're approaching the three-minute mark of the third term on RSN Carnival. Downey won the tap down under all sorts of pressure. Diamond Creek, Bulls unable to be extracted. The umpire's going to have to come back in and sort things out. Now between centre wing and half forward, still on the outer side. Ball back into the air. Hickey caught. And Audley's wrapped her up. And the umpire says, no, give it to me. I'll ball it up. Third Ball up, still between centre-half forward and centre-wing. A little hand pass away from Danny, looking for Kiyochi. Immediately ran into trouble. Turned over now, and the umpire says no prior opportunity. As Hickey asked the umpire the question. So we'll have a ball up again, still on centre-wing, far side of the ground. One-on-one on one in the Diamond Creek goal square, Malloy and Birch. And coming away is Paxman, who goes for the kick up the line, looking for and finding Arnell. Bounces off the ground quickly, get away from Grant, goes inside 50 with a kick, looking for Daisy Pierce, ball from behind. Brennan bumped off the football, Arnell goes in afterwards, shoved over the boundary line by Emma Grant, and it's over and out underneath the scoreboard. On special comments, Lucy Watkin. Diamond Creek, exactly... Coming back where they left off, pressure on the ball, making sure Darabin can't get it. But, you know, they've got to get it out of the back line now. But I reckon we could see some good coast-to-coast football from Creek is here. We'll see how we go. Ball thrown back into play. O'Connor won the tap down. There's a whistle off play. The non-officiating umpire picked it from a mile away, but there was a hold. There's a free kick. 
will go the way of the Falcons. Quick kick inside, attacking 52. Hot for Daisy Pierce. Hetherington at the back trying to shovel the handball out. It's straight over the boundary line and out of play. The umpire says nothing doing. We'll throw things in. Forward pocket out of side for the Falcons. Searching for their first goal. Approaching the five-minute mark of the third term here on RSN Carnival. Ruck women nominate for the contest. Daisy Pierce going up against Downey. Uh, Marinoff, hovering, Kiochi able to extract it, got it across to Audley. Scrubbing kick towards Loins on half back, puts the ball towards centre wing, broadcast side, bouncing ball. Falcons have numbers around the footy if they're clean, they're not, and Gretsch has been able to hold things up. Centre wing out of side, 6 4 40 Diamond Creek plays, two behind Starabin, five gone, third term here on RSN Carnival, Pete. As it's taken away there, the pack by the creek is long in the Malloy direction versus Birch. Malloy nearly beat her out to it, had it, then dropped it. Malloy still going. Malloy picks it up. Malloy, Kawabuchi! God damn it, she's the number one draft pick. When you're doing stuff like that, you're beating out an AFLW player in Birch. The ball's in front, you're taking it one-handed, and you're snapping it around the corner. That's what she just does on a standard day. Unbelievable. What does she do when she has a good day? It's not fair for someone to have that much talent. That young, yeah. 7 Diamond Creek. Darabin, two behind. Six minutes gone in the third term. Thank you, Chloe Malloy. Well, Diamond Creek uh, well in control of this game, which is a surprise. To say for Darabin, who have been on top for such a long period of time, Reynolds gets the clearance this time around for Darabin, but there's a mark at half-back for the Creekers. They'll look to go back down the outer wing, though. They dish off the handball to Audley under immediate pressure from Dalpost. Daisy Pierce comes in and applies the tackle. The Victorian skipper last week in the State of Origin game. Just one problem I see for, for Darren as well is Brennan's having to be up the ground a lot and it's robbing them of something at centre-half forward. Exactly. Marinoff applies the tackle. We're going to get another ball up. Back in the centre of Coburg City Oval. As a little bit of freeze begins to pick up, favouring the southern end of the ground. As Penardi is all wrapped up trying to get the handball away. She can't do so. We'll get another ball up. Still in the middle of Coburg City Oval. Wow, major semi-final action, 44-point lead to Dolly Creek over Darabin. Riddle hurry kick out of the pack. Easy mark there, though, for Lawson Tavern, who takes it for the Falcons. Decides to go over the switch. It was an awkward kick. Awkward bounce for Gretsch, though, with the intercept it. Umpire says she's given away one way for too high, and Kathleen Rowe gets the resulting free kick. Rowe with the ball for the Falcons on the half-back flank. Elects to go for the switch. Going long and high in the Reynolds direction. Spalled away from her. But still they've got numbers there, including Lister for support. He goes for a run, then gets on the left boot. Goes towards the half-foot flank. Daisy Pierce coming out after the football. Got caught. Got a hand pass away. Lister draws the play towards her. Hand passes to Arnell. Arnell delivers inside 50 with a kick. Hits her intended target. Who fell over at the crucial moment. I think no, it's 50. And gets the march. So that is Georgia Hammond who gets the penalty right to the goal line. So this will definitely be Darwin's first of the major semi-final. Georgia Hammond directly in front of goal, bang, over the goal umpire's hat. 1-2-8 the Darwin Falcons, 
7.446 time in Creek. Eight minutes gone in the third term. Paddy Lombeski. Well, what would be the most concerning for Darwin, again, is that they've pushed, that they've actually had the ball forward, but they haven't been able to do anything with it. And Diamond Creek have been able to rebound and launch their own attacks. This is very un-Darabin-like, to say the least. Certainly is. There's a few question marks hovering, hovering over this Falcon side. As it's tossed back into play, Downey won the tap back over the pack. The umpire says we're going nowhere and we'll get another ball up. Back underway again, Downey won the tap down. It's Diamond Creek trying to work their way from the pack through Bard and can't do so. We'll get another ball up. Congested footy at the moment here at Coburg City Oval. 7-4-46. Diamond Creek plays Darabin. 1-2-8. Their first goal coming at the eight-minute mark of the third term. Riddle trying to feed the handball out. Audley's able to extract it. Got it to Downey. Got it further afield. Oh, overrunning it there with Diamond Creek and it opened an opportunity for Melissa Hickey who makes them pay. Oh, her handball went astray. Rosali able to flick it over the top to Riddle. High kick towards the half-forward flank. Oh, poor communication. There's a block out and a free kick will go the way of Darabin. There's two players there, Loins and Gretsch, but they just didn't talk. And the error oh, wow. turns it over. Rosali now has an attacking side of the broadcast wing for Diamond Creek. In a commanding position here at Coburg City Oval. Searches for Malloy Birch with the fist over the top. Ball still in play, no. Loins takes it over. We'll throw it in. Half forward flank broadcast side. Ten minutes in to the third term here on RSN Carnival. It is the Creekers 7-4-46 leading the Falcons 1-2-8. Ball will be thrown back into play. Brennan to do the ruck work against Downey. Give, gives a little shaking photo of Patrick Parton Me as Pierce gave it away to Paxman. Paxman lost control of the ball. Then goes Delpos. In goes Loins as well. Couldn't get a hold of the football. Arnell wants to go in as well. Kennedy circling the pack. Maradoff is there. Umpire blows the whistle and we call for a ball up. Still that matchup. Birch and Malloy keep shoving each other. Well, if Birch is going to keep shoving her off the ball, at least shove her when the ball's coming her way. Don't get us out-muscled in the actual contest. If you're Malloy, you probably say back, hey, I'm leading your team. Two goals to one, two. Yeah, just, exactly. <laughs> just, just get inside her head. As the umpire blows the whistle and says it's a free kick on the way of Lauren Arnell. So the veteran... Can she do something to try and spark this Darabin side? She does. She spots Katie Brennan, who uh, managed to dance around Emma Grant, then went over the head there of the player in uh, Delpos, waiting out the back there and being caught is Colvin. The umpire says no play on. She got rid of it with a hand pass. Popped it back inside 50 lean for Georgia Hammond. Paxman is there again. Dropped it. Daisy Pierce goes for the snap and hits the point post. Goal post, rather, for a final score. one three nine. Darabin 7446. Diamond Creek on special comments. Lucy Watkins. Darabin's sort of bringing it back a little bit in, you know, the Darabin of old. We're seeing again. I think Diamond Creek may be running out a little bit of legs, but they've got the lead now, so just need to hold on. Jurea fumbled it, gives the handball off to Kiochi after she was able to compose herself. The kick, not the greatest. It's ball on half back flank out of side. Falcons able to work it back inside, attacking 53 Reynolds. Jurea, though, took the mark. 
Gets it off quickly. Barden in the corridor for Diamond Creek. They switch play to the broadcast side. It was a risky kick because sitting underneath it was Tyndall. She goes short. That was a risky kick as well. And Riddle has taken the mark just inside defensive 50 for Diamond Creek. We'll go wide with the kick to the outer side where Brazali takes the mark, goes further afield to Lamb. Lamb has it on the halfback flank broadcast side for Diamond Creek. Kicks it further afield to Loins. She's had a good game. And after returning, it was an ACL that mm. she had last year. Yep. Has come back in extraordinary fashion. Oh, Downey just takes a mark uncontested. Got rid of her opponent. Quick kick away. Hits up Lamb. On the half volley. Goes inside attacking 50 with the kick. Abitangelo couldn't quite bring it in. Reynolds now under all sorts of pressure from Malloy. They're wrapped up here. They've dragged it in. How the umpire going to see? He says play on. Ball's extracted. Audley goes in after it. Marinoff on the bottom of the pack as well. We'll get a ball up. Just inside attacking 50 for Diamond Creek. They're seventh. 4.46 Darabin 1.39 Paxman clearing kick away from the contest bouncing ball towards the boundary line Brennan chasing after it is seen over and out of play Brazali getting attention there from Tyndall bit of frustration from the Falcons know that they've been handled today by the Creekers still going Oh, and oh. Tingle just got dumped by Brazali. Brazali saying, I got smacked in the mouth. And I think the umpire says, well, I didn't see that, but I saw this. <laughs> and Kate Tyndall gets the resulting free kick. Tyndall for the Falcons. Decides to go short, looking for Brennan. Oh. Outmarked oh. on that occasion. Brilliant grab. And I think it's Harrington that's taken that. And she goes short with a kick, looking for Emma Grant. Grant. Not often you see someone outmark Katie Brennan. That's pretty good. Emma Grant on the centre wing, pumps it long, heading in the Kennedy direction. Gloins flew through the air, came off hands. Daisy Pierce is there, went sideways to the hand pass, looking for Arnell, only for it to be turned over. Riddle takes an easy mark. I think the trick for Scott Gowans at three-quarter time is to tell the players not to get sucked in by Darabin's aggression because one wrong thing in front of the umpire, you're in the book and you ain't playing grand final day. Oh. As Emma Grant oh, sells the candy beautifully, then goes for the chip kick looking for Audley, finds her, Oop, dropped it well under pressure from O'Connor, got it back, hand pass to Kiyochi, Kiyochi did some dancing around, got on the right foot up against the boundary line, Abitangelo close towards the boundary line, the umpire said it had gone out of bounds on the fall, and that will be a free kick going the way of Hogan for the Darabin Falcons, right in front of our broadcast position. No one on the mark, and then Abitangelo came in very quickly. Oh, brute strength there from Siobhan Hogan. The kick not the greatest. Audley had one over her shoulder. We'll get the free kick. Things are starting to get a little marky here at Coburg City Oval. Audley will receive the free kick. As, no. Abitangelo, I think, was the one that copped it over the shoulder. No, we Oh, a little bit of confusion. <laughs> Everyone confused. Audley goes inside attacking 50. O'Connor at the back takes the mark. Boots it straight up the corridor for Darabin. Oh. Juggling mark not completed there by Colvin. It's back on the deck. Daisy Pierce shrugs the tackle off. Now gets caught. Moorcroft involved. No, that's not Moorcroft. That is Harrington. And we'll get a ball up. 
in the middle of Coburg City Oval. 7-4-46, Diamond Creek, 1-3-9, Darabin. Ball back underway quickly. Paxman gets boots a ball. It's a high one towards the half-forward flank on the outer side. The race is on. Chasing after it is Renee Hicks. Was able to pick it up cleanly and sent the ball in. Board mark taken here by Lamb. Lamb with the football for Diamond Creek. Her side currently up at the moment by 37 points. Gets on the left boot. Tries to spear it in the direction of Lloyd's. Got front of the football. Hogan kicks it off the carpet. Gains about 20 metres with the kick. Jarea comes in and picks up the football. Has to shrug off the player. Hand pass to Renee Hicks. Came back in board one more time. On the left boot. Riddle going up the line. Managing the fight and getting down here. Gives it away to Kiyochi. Oh. Oh. Kiyochi going inside 50 with a kick to Kennedy. Kennedy rolls on. She gets run down. She did. She got run down. No talk. And the umpire says free kick. And then it's both. No, Rudolph gets run down. Hair pass away. Calamity of errors. In goes Birch. She wraps up the way. Umpire blows the whistle and pulls for a ball up. Player that applied the initial tackle, I think it's Tyndall, is just getting up to... Just getting up now. I think she pulled, She went straight to the hamstring, so I'm not sure she's in a bit of strife. Now with it, Brazali goes for the kick around towards the top of the goal square. Came off hands. Birch is waiting there. She's immediately caught. Umpire says it was over the shoulder. Free kick going the way of the Darabin Falcons. The tension goes up two minutes before the three-quarter time siren. Is Tyndall coming from the ground for Darabin? Birch kicks up along the line. Daisy Pierce. Brute strength and shoves her opponent off. Chips it short to Elise O'Day, the former skipper combining with the current skipper for the Falcons. A wide kick towards the outer side. Callanan Hogan. Callanan has time to gather. Puts it into a bit of space. Awkward bounce for Hickey. Kiyotchi takes it. Hickey applies the clamp. The ball will be thrown up. Corner of the centre square. Attacking side for Diamond Creek with a minute and a half left on the clock in the third term. 7-4-46 Diamond Creek, Darabin 1-3-9. Here on RSN Carnival, Kiyotchi goes back in after it, but she's caught again, and we'll get another ball up. Our special comments, Lucy Watkin. So contested this quarter. It would be nice if Darabin came out with a bit more of this fire in the first and second quarters, but they seem to just be getting back on their game, which I think would probably have to do with the Creekers losing a bit of legs. They kind of the Paxman to O'Day, who's dropped that cold, and the umpire's pinned her for holding the football. Free kick going the way of the Creekers. Audley plays on quickly, looking for Downey, who takes a mark on the paint 50 metres out from home. Downey decides to get going quickly. Partially smothered kick going in there. Are now picked up by Steph Simpson. Her hand pass is blocked, going through as Mel Hickey. Imagine to find Arnell with some space. Arnell got the kick away before she got mown down. Her kick, though, is awful, and Jaray takes it easily. Now gets it across, and taking the mark there. Looks like it's Morecambe with the football. She's defensive side of centre wing, slows things down. Decides to come back in board. Tanya Hetherington now takes the mark. With under 30 seconds remaining to three-quarter time, Hetherington is happy to kill the clock. Goes backwards. Renee Hicks with the football. Inside defensive 50. Now going in the Hetherington direction. Takes a mark. Takes a quick look at the scoreboard. Knows exactly how long she's got on the clock. She goes further back again. And right on the last line of defence. 2-1. Who did a sound? And just... Katie, just that last 30 seconds of play shows a new Diamond Creek side, doesn't it? That composure to 
be happy to give up 70 metres going backwards knowing that we're going to kill the clock. We know exactly what we're doing. Firmly in control. Absolutely. Um, just used the ball very smartly. Took, <laughs> just meant Darabin didn't have it. It's as simple as that. We have the ball. You don't. We ha you ha you're in the range against the clock. We're not. Um, they have a massive lead, and I just can't see Darabin uh, surmounting it, uh, to be honest. You know, he, Diamond Creek are one uh, just about there, just about uh, there and dead ahead. With their impressions on the third term, Lucy Watkin. Yeah, it was much more contested that quarter. Darabin, once again, like we saw in the first quarter, absorbing the pressure a bit more. But unfortunately, Creekers have run away with this game now. There's not much they can do. Creekers do seem to have the composure. Darabin do seem like they're trying, you know, the mad dash for a score, for a goal. But I think in this last quarter, they need they need to stand up. They've got nothing to lose at this point. They need to, you know, you know maybe put put Katie Brennan back, back in centre half. Put some of your big names back so you can have some run of the half back as well through the midfield. Because, yeah, they've got nothing to lose. But, yeah, it definitely seems that Creekers may get away with this one. Surprise for everyone. So some impressions on the third term there from Lucy Walken. Trying to get some goal kickers. We've got Matthew Cox for those. Uh, yep, sorry. I was just trying to pick up who's controlling things in the middle of the Darabin huddle at the moment. They're in a very tight-knit group, uh, but can't pick it up. They're too tight. Uh, Chloe Malloy has kicked two for Diamond Creek, as has Christina Bernardi. Singles to Jessica Kennedy and Alison Downey. And the only goal kicker, which came from a free kick, uh, sorry, 50-metre penalty, Georgia Hammond for Darabin. Sees the score at three-quarter time, 1-3-9 the Falcons. Diamond Creek in control, 7-4-46. We'll be right back after this on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne. For many years, you know I've had a drink problem and I'm trying to battle that problem every single day. But one thing I don't do, I don't drive my car when I'm drinking. I get someone to drive me. Do not drink and drive. It's the stupidest thing. If you drink, just don't drive. Not only are you going to hurt yourself, you may hurt some other person and you wouldn't want that in your country, would you? A message from Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I usually wear white. And I prefer black. But lately, we've been getting into orange. When you're wearing SES Orange, you know you're making a difference. And you're learning great new skills. You'd be surprised how good you'll feel in Orange. The Victoria State Emergency Service is recruiting volunteers now for a broad range of roles. Visit ses.vic.gov.au or call 1300 842 737 and find out if Orange is right for you. Authorised by Victoria State Emergency Service Melbourne. Spoken by Emery's and A. Small. Oh, hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elma's Elma. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not to play. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Hey, get out. Oh, here I come, Elmo. <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it, and we're just like you in every other way. So visit tourette.org.au. You're okay. Just did it because it likes you. 
Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. Our children are so precious, and the next generation of farmers. Make a safe play area where the fence and gates are secure. With supervision, you'll reduce the chance of kids being injured, or worse. Visit farmsafe.org.au. RSN 927 wants to send you to the unforgettable Royal Melbourne show to make memories that last a lifetime. <laughs> to catch the fireworks in entertainment. And to see the animals right up close. Every day we're drawing winners of family passes or $50 ride cards or general entry tickets. Get your name in now on the competitions page at rsn.net.au and enjoy the unforgettable show from September 23 with RSN 97. This is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. It is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. The major semi-final here at Coburg, 7-4-46, Diamond Creek leading Darabin, 1-3-9. Just having a little chat then with uh, the premiership coach for Diamond Creek in 2012 in Grant Barton. Can't say the exact words that he said, but he said we're sick of being there. Well, you know, something like that. I think he said Crickers have had enough and they're fighting back. And just interesting to know, they go, well, what do you reckon the Sharks chance next week? Do you reckon they could cause an upset? And he goes, absolutely. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, it's scary. Uh, it, it it's is. changing. The dynasty is over. Maybe. <laughs> well, you know, they're going for flag number 10. They're looking for their it? second set of five in a row. Yeah, is is it been 12 grand finals in a row, though? They've yeah, they've played 12 Just, grand finals in a row, yeah. Jeez, God. Because yeah, uh, in the middle, there was 1-1 by the Creekers and 1-1 by the Spurs. So yeah. In the middle of all of that. So, Debbie Lee side winning 0-4 and uh, 2011. I think 0-5 might have been uni, I think, before Darren made the run, the 5. I think you're right. And then, of course, Diamond Creek had one in there. To get us underway to start this uh, final term, is Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. Downey again wins the tap for Diamond Creek. Loins will get their clearance. Long ball, top of the 50-meter arc. No one could take the mark. It's on the deck in dispute. Kennedy soccering it forward for Diamond Creek. It's being pushed towards the boundary line. And it will be seen over and out of play. 7-4-46, Diamond Creek. 1-3-9, Darabin. As it will be tossed back into play. Just inside attacking 50 at the Bell Street end of the ground. The end, Diamond Creek will be kicking to in this final term. Loins tracking it back towards the boundary line under pr- pressure from Paxman, sees the ball over and out of play. Beautiful conditions here at Coburg City Oval, early stages of the final term. As we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play, umpire, just make sure everyone's in position and we'll get going again. Gretsch versus O'Connor. Back in, O'Connor, one up, brought to ground, Lister, slander on the boot while under pressure, Simpson took it, immediately claimed, in goes Kiyochi, gets it out quickly to Lamb, Lamb on the left boot, looking in the Gretsch direction, Gretsch takes the mark, or was it over the boundary line, it was over the boundary line and out of bounds in the full, I think it's Melissa Hickey there, deep in defence, as a resulting free kick. Decides to square it up, looking for Daisy Pierce. Went through her hands. Emma Grant has the football. Sets it up into the pocket. One, two bites by Gretsch. Dropped it under pressure from Hickey. Hickey gives the don't argue. Then runs immediately into trouble. Got the hand pass away there to Hogan. Hogan goes long with the kick only as far as Alison Downey, who takes the bar- mark now at half forward. 
Now goes inside 50 with the kick. Came off hands with Mullins, went flying through the air. Kennedy maybe held without it. In goes McDonald. Simpson lurking nearby. And the umpire will blow the whistle and call for a ball up. 50 metres out from the Creekers goal on special comments, Katie Lembeski. Very much a ho-hum kind of start to this. Diamond Creek is just in their half. And I don't know, Diamond Creek, Darwin don't just seem to have another gear left to go up. As O'Connor won it down to Daisy Pierce, whacked it on the boot looking for Lauren Pierce, but it bounced awkwardly for her over the boundary line and out of play. Centre wing, broadcast site, two minutes gone in the final term. Diamond Creek in a commanding position, 7-4-46 plays, 1-3-9. Shaping up to be a Darabin v Sharks preliminary final next Saturday afternoon here at Coburg City Oval. As Lamb is all wrapped up, Loins in a bit of strife, cop, cop to knock off the footy. She's back to her feet though, and okay. Ball centre wing, broadcast side, the umpire puts it back into the air. O'Connor won the tap down, Brennan, and now Simpson being shoved over the boundary line, and it's back out. Over and out of play on special comments, Lucy Watkins. Despite this like sort of contested footy we've got going on here, Diamond Creek still very much look in control. I think they're not going to let this lead be taken away from them. They want to come out of this with a big win. Ball is thrown back into play. O'Connor, now the back door, Paxman. By the hand pass, Melissa Hickey spun around in a circle. But on the right boot, looking for Lauren Pierce. Came off hands. Morkoff goes in, picks it up to get away from Steph Simpson. Had to go by hand quickly, got it to Morkham. Morkham on the right boot, going in the Brazali direction. Running with Urs Nicole Cullinan. Cullinan immediately claimed by Brazali. And the umpire said no prior opportunity and will call for a ball up. So four minutes gone in this final term. 7-4-46, Diamond Creek, 1-3-9, Darabin. Here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. We're back on air next Saturday at 1 o'clock. As the hurry kick away by Riddle, just looks for space. Williams to see if she can try and run onto the football. Gets there in time. Ooh. McDonald holds her up, tries to get her hand pass away, or did she drop it? Umpire said that's around the football, and that will be a free kick going the way of the Falcons. McDonald defensive side of the outer wing. Kick not the greatest. And there's an opportunity here for Lamb. Went straight over the footy. Audley there in support. Tried to get the handball away as well. Daisy Pierce on hands and knees. Fed it to Paxman. Fed it to O'Connor. Darabin now through the middle of the ground. They flick the handball out wide to Arnell. Chips it short inside. Attacking 50 where Lauren Pierce takes the mark. 45 degree angle. 40 metres out from goal. Gives the handball off quickly to O'Day. Who just puts it up towards the top of the goal square. And... There's a free kick, I think, going the way of Steph Kiochi. It goes towards the back pocket where Tanya Hetherington takes a mark. And what a 150th game it's been for her. High ball towards the half-back flank. It was contested. Downey got the handball away. Brazali tracking it towards the boundary line will be seen over and out. Lucy, I think one thing that shows today's effort from Darren was just them, the hand pass to O'Day, who was just standing still and did the one-step kick. When normally in the past, when O'Day or Pierce, etc., would be running into mm. that and running with the burst. It was just like, I can't be stuffed type of kick. Yeah, exactly. It was sort of just, oh, yeah, I'm here. I'll create the opportunity. Very flat-footed. Not sure. It's Yeah, it's kind of odd to see a Darren like this. As the kick is long towards the top of the square, Brennan was in the middle of it. Ball is spilled free, an opportunity for a shot on goal 
for Colvin is away to the right and will register as a minus score. one four ten. Darabin trailing Diamond Creek 7-4-46. Six minutes gone in the final term. And a reminder here at Quebec City Oval on Saturday night in the preliminary final, but the women's young guns game will be on at 12 o'clock. Oh, Hetherington's kick went straight out on the full. And Katie Brennan has the ball up against the fence. 40 metres out from goal. Six gone in the final term. Katie Brennan, she doesn't want to have a shot. Calling for leads to come at her. O'Day was too hot for her over the back. Diamond Creek with all the answers. Bernardi whacks it on the boot. Oh, good body work there by Melissa Hickey. Takes the mark at half forward. But again, doesn't have much to go to inside 50. Brennan makes a couple of leads and now finally takes the mark. So another one of those half-ass efforts from Elise O'Day then as well. Sort of went for the lead, sort of didn't didn't back up the drop mark either. So Brennan, a little more comfortable this time to take the shot, kicks it from the 50 metre arc, drop oh. punt on its way just to the right. And another minus score. one five eleven. 11 Diamond Creek 7-4-46. Steph Chiocci to bring things back into play. Shaw to Tanya Hetherington, co-captain to co-captain. Hetherington with the footy, just looking around for some options. Being told to go to the left by Moorcroft, and that's what she does. Looking in the lamb direction, had it, then dropped it, got it back again. Air pass off to Riddle. Riddle now going up the line. Bernardi. Bernardi draws the player towards her and Pierce. Got around her quite comfortably. Put the hand pass going on further afield. Her teammate puts on a burst of speed there. Oh, and oh. Over around the football, just went without it. O'Connor there, hand pass going back across to Tyndall, who now gets across to Hogan, who over around the football. Paxman is there, so is Shay Audley, who created the pressure. O'Connor just slanted on the boot, going in the Katie Brennan direction. Worn like a glove, ball without the back door, though. Opportunity for Lauren Pierce to try and run onto it. Coming at it, though, and trying to smack it away from her. There's a player... Now Moorcroft, who receives it, has a shot on goal. It's way to the left. The pressure I was saying earlier was created by uh, Renee Hicks. But Moorcroft, but Marinoff shot only reaches a minus score. One six twelve. Darabin seven four forty six. Diamond Creek eight minutes gone in this final term. Interesting that Darabin have had more scoring, uh, yeah, more scores in the second half compared with Diamond Creek, but haven't been able to make it count on the yeah. scoreboard as it's. All wrapped up at half forward for the Falcons as Delpos is a little sore just off the contest. A bit of the walking wounded today, Darabin. Not looking like they normally do. Paxman sends the ball inboard. Duray, oh, tried to tap it into the hands of her opponent, but Arnell took it. Her kick around the body is through for another minor score. 1-7-13, Darabin. 7-4-46, 7-4-46, Dullivan Creek. They've had six scoring chances in this in this second half to two. Katie Lambeski, I'm just interested to point out for Diamond Creek about a couple of players they're missing. I'm surprised they named on the emergencies that hasn't played all the year, Nicole Paul. They're also missing Diana Haynes, who's come back from having a baby yep. about four months ago, and Tiana Ernst also not playing today. Remarkable, isn't it, to think of those names and to... Think of the year that Diamond Creek have had and the performance that they're putting in today. Unreal. What a, you know, they're doing yeah. a lot of things right. And particularly out of Haynes and Paul, they're two former Premiership players as well of this club. Exactly, exactly. So their, their losses can't be overstated either. 
as Brennan tried to get it across to O'Day, and O'Day is caught holding the football. That was two errors that she made then, Elise yeah. O'Day. She's having, a, she's having a bit of a mare of O'Day. As... As Audley goes back to Jurea right in the goal square, who won a cup just a couple of weeks ago with Ireland, with the Banshees winning the International Cup for 2017. It was named to the world team. Bernardi up against the boundary line. Banshees will stay in now, taken over by Grant. Will Tyndall under pressure and will call for a ball in. Good to see Tyndall back out on the ground after being in the hands of the trainers just yep. before three quarter time. We're in front of our broadcast position. We're on air next Saturday at 1 o'clock for that 2 p.m. bounce down in the preliminary final, which will be Darabin and the St Kilda Sharks. As Audley goes in there, Riddle had it momentarily. Marinoff through the player, got the hand pass away, snap around the corner from Paxman, heading in the Brennan direction, spoiled from behind, Jurea is there as well, up against the boundary line, Brennan still has the football, goes the hand pass backwards, awkward bouncing football, having to dance around a couple as Lister, Lister still going, now she's caught, got the hand pass away, the umpire says that's holding the football, and Audley was going to run away with it, and the umpire said, no, uh, we better give that back to Riddle so she can have a free kick. Now a broadcast position, 46 plays, 13, Diamond Creek leading Darabin. Riddle gave the quick handball off to Kiyochi, who sent the ball further afield to Harrington. Kicks it over the top to Grant, who will kick off half-back for Diamond Creek. Spots up a target, Christina Bernardi takes it, defensive side of the outer wing for the Creekers. They go inboard with the kick. Fist applied by Williams, brought it to ground, Hickey tracking it, couldn't maintain possession of it, McDonald in support, chips it short, mark will be taken, almost on half-back, Astor O'Connor, booming kick over in towards the middle, Tyndall takes the mark, has a bit of room to move, now she's in trouble, that's holding the ball as well, and if that's anything to take out of today's game... It's been the tackling pressure of this Diamond Creek side. Riddle's kick was a little poor. O'Day kicks it inside, attacking 50. Another error from O'Day, though. Although she didn't have many options to go to. Renee Hicks takes the mark inside defensive 50. They've just worked harder today, Diamond Creek, as well. Kiochi has it just inside defensive 50. Decides to centre the footy. The mark will be taken still inside defensive 50 by Harrington. Harrington now going across to the Emma Grant direction who takes the mark and decides to play on quickly. Grant now kicks the ball inboard. Had to be good with it, but Marinoff intercepts. Yeah, Daisy Pierce then. Uh, Daisy Pierce gives away a free kick and gave it away to Kennedy. The frustration you can see on Pierce's face. Jessica Kennedy draws the player, hand passes across to Harrington as to get around Pierce, hand pass backwards to Moorcroft while under pressure Moorcroft has got it, then kicks it around the corner, trying to come at it as Callanan, bounced away from her Rosali will end up picking up the football goes for a bit of a run, kicked it up towards the wing position, not really much here to go to, going in there is uh, and getting wrapped up is Reynolds umpire says she's going nowhere will call for a ball up on special comments today, it's been Lucy Watkin Diamond Creek are doing a really good job of controlling the ball, kicking it back keeping their hands on it. Darabin are inching ever closer to maybe another scoring opportunity, though. O'Day with the ball in her hands puts it out in front of Colvin, who takes the mark. Will chip it over the top to Paxman. Too hot, and then got bumped off the footy, did Paxman. Going without it, Harrington. Jure there for support. Pops out the back of the pack to Jure. The umpire, not officiating umpires, picked out a free kick for a sling tackle. 
and will go the way of Diamond Creek. Harrington gives a handball off to Jurea, a spiral outside of defensive 50. Loins came late, couldn't impact the contest. And Lauren Pierce was able to take the mark. Half forward flank out of sight for the Falcons. They trail 1713 to 7446. Short kick hits up Simpson. Simpson decides to play on quickly. From the paint goes towards the top of the square. From behind, it's Golden! Moorcroft was trying to argue the point it was touched. The umpire wasn't buying into it. She will be on a slight angle, but shouldn't have a problem from here. So Gabrielle Colvin looking for her first. And Darren's second of the day, with five and a half minutes remaining before the full-time siren. Gabrielle Colvin to come in for Darren, heading towards the grandstand end of Quebec City. Oh, oh, oh it was an absolute shocker of a kick. Hit the bottom of the boots and was touched for a minor score. Get the video out and say, if you want to sum up Darren's day, yep. that kick right there. Yeah. Steph Giocci takes the mark. 20 metres out from her defensive goal square. Chips it over the top to Audley. A couple of the veterans of the Diamond Creek side combining. Duray goes up along the boundary line and hits up Downey. They've done this all day. Lamb, defensive side of the broadcast wing, goes over the top to Gretsch. Malloy was running past. And often a handball over. Williams takes it. Malloy's kept running. The and... For the whole game... Maybe, thank you, cameraman down on the boundary line. <laughs> Vicky, <laughs> Vicky down here doing great work, Vicky. It's very special go-ahead. Vicky Hanson. As <laughs> <laughs> a free kick goes to Wayne. Darren. She's doing more than two. We should just leave our mics up and let her cook yeah, make fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is a penalty <laughs> after all that frivolity. Uh, Hogan has a free kick and a 50-metre penalty will be applied. So she's being brought towards the half-forward flank here. Siobhan Hogan. Audley has a bit of a wry smile on her face. There's the long kick in, Bord O'Connor. Jeray came across with the fist, brought the ball to ground. Falcons win the numbers around the putty. They have a shot on goal here. And Callanan gets one. It's the Falcons' second, but uh, too little, too late. 7-4-46, Diamond Creek, 2-8-20, Darabin. 16 and a half minutes, final term, here on RSN at Carnival. Katie Lembeski. Um, unfortunately, the, the Diamond Creek lead at three-quarter time has basically rendered this quarter... Uh, meaningless to be honest, but Darwin, you know, Darwin done themselves no favours but the poor, poor conversion rate, they just haven't seen that the races today at all. Ball up in the air in the middle of the ground, one out there by Gretsch, but the ball comes out the way of Paxman for the Falcons, who pumps it long inside 50, over the head there, both Brennan and O'Connor. O'Connor did receive it back for Simpson, now got it across to O'Day, now got it back to O'Connor, who put it in a hurry, kicking in, looking for Brennan, oh, first off of the hands at the crucial moment, in goes Harrington, who gets moaned out from behind, and the umpire says it's holding the football, the advantage we paid it won't, Pierce was asking the question, and Katie Brennan will go back and have a shot from about 30, 35 metres out from goal. Almost directly in front with two and a half minutes remaining in this match. I guess for one thing for Darwin, they're looking to try and take away some positives out of this final term. Yep. And I think that's where you saw a bit of quick run on play there. They go, if we can go the last five minutes at full tilt and go, okay, we've got something we can click to next yeah. week. It's the Sharks. Instead of 
finishing flat. Yeah, try to get as much out of this as you can. I know it's a tough scenario to be in, but you got a huge contest next week. Your season's on the line next week. Put everything you can into now. They're in a position they wouldn't be familiar with either. Mm. Exactly. Katie Brennan, a couple of skips in the run-up, has a shot at goal, and uh, she's away. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brennan, yep, that's right, Vicky, she missed it. 2-9-21, Darabin, 7-4-46, two minutes remaining. And Katie Brennan, for the second week in a row, if you count AFLW Origin, is goalless, being the competition's leading goal kicker. Have a look at the Diamond Creek cheer squad just behind their uh, interchange bench. It's a you good hear the loud, um, loud cheer when Katie missed that goal. Downey couldn't take the mark. Kriegers with all the numbers around the footy, though. Good tackle there applied by Reynolds, sees the ball wrapped up. That's one thing about being a, a very familiar face at AFLW. When you do great, everyone puts your name in the paper, but when you have a bad one, people let you know about it. Yeah. <laughs> ball up at half forward. Lauren Pierce won the tap down. Gretsch fed the handball out to Hetherington, just whacked it on the boot towards centre wing. On the broadcast side, it's going to come straight back through the Falcons. High ball, O'Connor coming with the fist. Trying to bring the ball to ground. Oh, the Falcons players, no communication. Jurea off the carpet, puts it in towards the back pocket on the outer side. Bernardi is caught. And the umpire circles says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Under a minute left in this major semi-final. Diamond Creek will be progressing through to the grand final in a fortnight's time at Etihad Stadium. Darabin to face the St Kilda Sharks next week to bring us home. Here's Pete Holden. And the ball is all caught up again in the forward pocket. The umpire blows the whistle and calls for a bounce. We're on in 1 o'clock next Saturday afternoon on RSN Carnival Digital Radio to bring you our one-hour pre-game show and all the live preliminary final action. And then, of course, we'll be with you on Sunday, September 24th, from 11am to bring you the grand final at Eddie had. Going in there was Moorcroft. Trying to get it out. Brennan had a momentarily hurry kick out of the pack there by Lawson Tavern to move it forward. Only as far as Abertangelo who now quickly got across Laura Jurea. Jurea now kicks it to space. Tindall chasing after the football. Going with her as Kennedy gives her a little nudge. Sees the ball go over the boundary line and out of bounds. As we wait for the Huda, there it is! Hands of the year, clapping all round and hugs from Diamond Creek. They have put Darabin to the sword this afternoon. It ain't season over yet for the Falcons. They have another chance, courtesy of finishing on top of the table. But for Diamond Creek, it's a ticket straight to Etihad Stadium in two weeks' time. They'll be one of the two sides playing in the VFLW Grand Final. And they'll be live on Channel 7. Yes. Put that put that as a feather in your cap for your club. You're on TV in two weeks' time. Massive effort. And just to, to put the spotlight on Diamond Creek for a moment, considering where they were at the end of last season, the way they've performed so far in 2017, they started off in blistering form. It's a little more unsettled towards the back end of the year, even though they were still winning games. But today's performance is emphatic. And if anything... If they face Darabin in a couple of weeks' time, the mental edge is now there. And I think it was the first ten minutes of that second term yeah. that won them yep. the game. Indeed oh, it did. Sure. And just quickly, getting the handshakes all around there, Scott Gowans, if he takes them to the flag, they're naming something after him at the Plenty of War Memorial <laughs> Park. Probably the bar, but they'll name something after him. 
because he would have taken a side that, uh, Katie, you, I mean, we saw Diamond Creek last year when they missed out in the finals, flat, uninspired, same old football of kick it long and hope for the best. Their squad's changed, their game plan's changed, their attitude has changed, and it's reflected on the scoreboard because at the moment they lead 2-1 in games over Darwin this year. I've got the edge now, and I think they know it. Um, remarkable, remarkable season. Um, we've always associated them with being a hard-working team, a hard-tackling team. But this year they've gotten so much more dangerous due to their, their ball use. And just outstanding performance today, a well-deserved win. And I think they'll go into the grand final as favourites regardless of who wins next week. Interesting, as Darabin come from the ground, they were in a huddle again. Daisy Pierce was holding court and then handed over to Astor O'Connor. So a couple of the veterans of the Darabin side. There is, a, there is a bit of youth in this Falcon side. It's a different one, and I'm looking to see who have they got to come back in. Not many. Yeah. Yeah. Emma Oliver, Emma Oliver is like a bit role player. Um, Patterson, I think. And, and to me, to me, they look tired. Yeah. They look banged up. Yep. St Kilda Sharks, if ever the opportunity, if ever the opportunity... It's there next week. Next week's game comes down to the first 10 minutes. If St Kilda throw everything in the kitchen sink and get an early lead like they did against Melbourne Uni, I think they can take them. But if it's an arm wrestle early on, then Darabin will roll over the top of them. They have to get the early jump and they have to throw everything in the kitchen sink at them. There's Tanya Hetherington who's chaired off the ground. Absolute a legend. Height difference between the uh, right and left players. <laughs> Downey and Kiyoshi. It's all very small. Yes. What, what a way to have your 150th game yeah. for a club that you love to take them into a grand final, beating a much, uh, could I say, hated rival. There's no love lost between Darwin and Diamond Creek. Uh, uh, they are two very fierce competitors. And uh, it's a great result for the Diamond Creek Footy Club, as I said before. They went through a bit last year. Uh, they were down and out last season. Didn't make the finals 2017. For much of the year, they were on top of the ladder. And now they're through to the grand final. What an incredible effort. And, and the I think I remember back to chatting to Scott Gowan's uh, off-air post-match um, at Preston City Oval. And it was kind of like, as much as they lost and three-quarters were controlled by Darwin, Darwin didn't have full control of the game. And we spotted three errors that they did, and he goes, yep, and that's the things I'll be showing them. And it was kind of like, we lost, but I think we've got it. I think I think we've got the plan that's going to work. And the other thing, and I'll be interesting for everyone's thoughts on this, the press coming into this week was Scott Gowan saying they were going to still trial things. But looking at that performance today, I reckon that might have just been a little bit of hot air. To me, well, Ernst is, as we said, Ernst is missing. Haynes could come back, and the Colt Paul was named as an emergency. So they minor. But, but who would yeah. who would go out? Um, looking, maybe Morecambe is the kind of. She was named as an emergency. Maybe Morecambe is a type of player that might might drop out, but do you go for a tall and Ernst to come back in, which gives you a little extra in the ruck, maybe that's necessary or do you go for a Diana Haynes who's a more mobile, smaller defender mm. the, the defence seemed to stand up today, so I'd probably lean toward you know, Tiana Ernst who's a proven performer at this level you know, represented the Western Bulldogs of course um, 
Yeah, you'd probably lean toward her at this point. Quick and tall, which might be handy if Eddie had. Yes, mm. absolutely. Especially against Alison Downey. She's very good in the ruck, but also very good around the ground. She has good, um, you know, ball handling skills, which would come from her basketball background. But she takes a good mark, especially off the... Um, when Darabin were trying to get out of their forward 50, she was on the arc taking a few good marks and sending it back straight back in. So tall and quick might be good against someone like Alison Downey. But they're on the same team. So oh. Alison Downey. So, so you'd be up against Is Lauren Pierce. She'd be up against Lauren Pierce. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're thinking of Lauren Pierce. <laughs> yeah. But both both Danny and Pierce got that. They've got basketball background. That's what happened when you have your own. Well, technically, she could be up against her for a spot in the team. Yeah, true. Speaking of basketball background, I noticed Karen Harrington um, playing for Diamond Creek. Obviously, the Carlton rookie who has just been upgraded to their, um, their list. And she was playing for Bendigo Thunder all throughout the year. So this would be one of her first games for um, Diamond Creek and was given the big job on Katie Brennan. Yeah, I think uh, we spotted her because the game against Melbourne Uni, I think, that she played when we called her, I think, against that St Kilda. So um, so she's had played one or two games, but um, it's not a bad effort to play in a grand final for Bendigo Thunder. Yeah. Ironically beating Diamond Creek yeah. <laughs> and, and then being upgraded to play at Diamond Creek. So maybe maybe look to her when she's playing Katie Brennan, you definitely owe us one. Yeah. You just cost one of our sides to play, you owe us one. Well, imagine that though. If, uh, she did win the medal. It's a fair effort to have two premiership medals from two different clubs well, in the same year. Including and one against the t- including one against the club that you beat. Yeah, yeah. and she tied that. for the club best and fairest as well at Bendigo. So um <laughs> Good year. Good year. <laughs> uh, well, we'll take a quick break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. When we return, we will go through some of the players. We'll think who did well, and we think who had a mare and who needs to live for Darabin. But if you just... <laughs> we're doing a stock take, are we? The whole lot of them. Um, yes, that is a very interesting point. But um, earlier was the minor semi-final, which was a win to the St Kilda Sharks over... Uh, Melbourne Uni, 9-5 to 5-9. That eliminated Melbourne Uni from the finals series. St Kilda Shark going through the preliminary final where today Diamond Creek 7-4-46 defeated Darabin 2-9-21. Diamond Creek going straight through to Etihad Stadium and playing in the VFLW Grand Final in two weeks' time. Darabin now face St Kilda Sharks here next Saturday. Our post-match review all coming up after this on RSN Carnival. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Every week, more than 20 Australian families will hear the words that will change their lives forever. Your child has cancer. For the long and uncertain journey ahead, Red Kite is there with very real help, like hospital and community-based support, vital financial assistance and educational services. Can you help Red Kite support these families through their cancer journey? Visit redkite.org.au or call one 334 771 The symptoms of ovarian cancer sound like part of every woman's life. Abdominal bloating, abdominal or back pain, appetite loss, changes in toilet habits, unexplained weight gain or loss, indigestion or heartburn, and fatigue. But if these symptoms are unusual for you and they persist, please see your doctor. 
For more information, visit the Ovarian Cancer Program website at nbocc.org.au. It's access all areas to the game of golf. No, I did win, actually. Inside the ropes, talks for the Aussie golfing guns at home and overseas. I just aimed for the back of the green and it actually spun back and saw about six points. It's all thanks to Golf Australia. That's an extraordinary achievement. Inside the ropes, every Sunday morning from 6 to 7. Obviously, the weekend was a great result. On RSN 927. Some bandit on a handicap of 20 come in. Or catch it streaming live and podcast everywhere at RSN. Three form heavyweights. They just went flat out the whole way. Dean Lester, Warren Huntley, David Gately. Leading Sunday's racing review. It's correct weight. Sunday mornings from 8. It's the wrap of Saturday's key racing with the word from the winning connections. She looks a really exciting filly. Then from 9.30, Brad Baker takes over with the Sunday racing preview. Checking in around Australia. And Sam Highland about to get the latest track conditions. Dean Lester leads correct weight. Sunday mornings from 8 on RSN. 927. Thanks to the tap. We love a bet. Behind bathroom tiles, under vinyl floor covering and carpets. You might not know it, but homes built or renovated before 1987 may contain asbestos. In cement sheeting, corrugated roofing, almost anywhere. So if you're renovating or doing a bit of DIY and you don't know the dangers, you could be risking your own and your family's lives. Is it my turn, Dad? Are you playing renovation roulette? Find out at asbestosawareness.com.au. You're okay. Just did it because it likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out. RSN 927 wants to send you to the unforgettable Royal Melbourne show to make memories that last a lifetime. <laughs> to catch the fireworks in entertainment. And to see the animals right up close. Every day we're drawing winners of family passes or $50 ride cards or general entry tickets. Get your name in now on the competitions page at rsn.net.au and enjoy the unforgettable show from September 23 with RSN 927. Hi, we're the Wiggles. Did you know that Finney's raises funds for their good works by selling really good stuff in their Finney's shops? But the shops don't run themselves. That's right, they need volunteers to help. Can you spare a few hours each week? All you need is enthusiasm and some spare time. And it's really good fun. Please, will you become a Vinnie's volunteer? Just visit vinnies.org.au or pop into your local Vinnie's shop for more details. Yeah, and while you're there, have a look round. You'll, You'll love, love what, what you find. Run across the wind. This is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. On RSN Carnival Digital Radio, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. It's our semi-finals double header. It's six past three where St Kilda Sharks knocked off Melbourne Uni by the tune of 20 points and Diamond Creek have defeated Darabin by 25 points. 
Season is done and dusted for Melbourne Uni. The Sharks and Darabin meet next week in the preliminary final while uh, the Creekers go directly through to the grand final. Darabin St Kilda next week. Creekers in the grand final at Eddie Hatch Stadium. Who would have thought it at the start of the day? Oh, yes, Matthew Cox did, and he's raising his hand just uh, quietly. Just well, to... not, not, not quite at the start. I'll, I'll give you a little bit there. It's yeah, quarter you, time, I call it. Yeah, but you, you tip both of them. Let's go through some of the, uh, the, the players of the day in this match between Darabin and Diamond Creek. We've got Lucy Watkin and Katie Lambeski with you. Lucy, I'll, I'll, I'll start off first with Diamond Creek and their players today. Let's have a look at some of their back line. Um, Tools such as Jiraya yep. and Hetherington, their work today. Outstanding. Yeah, very, very good. Hetherington as well playing a 150th game. Rose to the occasion, I think, really did a really good job sort of being that last line of defence. Played it well outside of the back the back 50 as well. Um, you really saw Diamond Craig looking shaky in the back, thanks to Hetherington and Jurey. And also, as well as we'll tell you off air about Emma Grenier. Emma, we should pick up, is not only just an AFLW player who's played for Collingwood, but she's also leadership material as well. She was a former captain for the Bendigo Thunder, just to have her as a smaller defender across half-back. Yeah, just the decision-making coming out of defensive 50, setting up play, a real key into what into that ball movement that we were talking about throughout the day. And a lot of that started from her, people like her and Chochi, so... Unreal. Um, take about immigrant, one step closer to a premiership. And as well, uh, Lucy, having a look at the work today of Karen Harrington, who had to run with with um, pardon me, with Katie Brennan. She did a really, really good job on Katie Brennan. There was one great mark she did on our broadcast side wing. She just completely outmarked Katie Brennan and was really good at keeping Katie out of the contest. Really, really good for someone who's only playing this like second. VFLW game coming from the uh, NFL, so I thought she did. She was also a pretty strong hold in defence. And if you had to sort of, you know, look at those um, key forward matchups, you'd have Karen Harrington, Katie Brennan, and then you'd have Chloe Malloy and Libby Birch at the other end. And I'd definitely say that um, Karen Harrington, the much less experienced player, did a lot, a, a lot better job playing on her key forward. And of course, you raise that. How would you rate that battle? It was the one-on-one, Birch versus Malloy. It was the one-on-one, and the thing that just really annoyed me about it was Birch was giving her so much attention off the ball, but then when the ball the ball came down to the forward 50, Birch just seemed to lose all control of the situation. It was outmuscled every single time. There was one moment Chloe Malloy seemed better at keeping her keeping herself on her feet to create herself create the chances for herself. Birch just looked a bit lost. She couldn't um, stand up in that one-on-one contest. So I think they would be better off putting putting someone who could outmuscle Malloy because she's a strong forward, got good skills. So I think Malloy definitely the winner of that one-on-one. Just on that, are you surprised considering the game that it was and that there was a second chance and that they have done it throughout the season in throwing players around the magnet board? Why Darabin didn't change that matchup in the second half? I was so surprised. I was surprised by that. Is, is there a moment where, as a coach, without telling your players, that you think the game's gone here? I'm not going to give away Plan B or something like that that I may need to pull out of the drawer if we meet again at Grand Final Day. It's a little bit defeatist, in my yeah. opinion. Win the game that's in front of you, and you get you get that what appears to be a badly needed week off, and you can gear up for a grand final. Now, to me, that strikes me as a little bit defeatist. She was 
she was beaten hands down. I'm not sure why Hickey didn't go to her. Perhaps mm-hmm. they, they were worried about losing her presence. I don't know. Because because Birch is a quicker-moving player, so the question is, why wouldn't you move Birch up to the half-back flank, move someone off your half-back flank, get to your midfield, and get Melissa Hickey, who wasn't really doing a great deal today in the midfield, and get Hickey back in the back line, who's a more experienced player, who's, again, aggressive and can push the Malloy around, but it's a bit more smarter and it's played the role yeah. a lot more. That's why I think. I think Birch didn't have a good read on the play that was happening in front of her. She seemed so focused on Chloe Moy, she didn't really know actually how to neutralise the effect that Malloy was having on the game. And Birch, is a, she's a good athlete, maybe not so much has the footy sensibilities yet in terms of, like, you know, your Daisy Peters, Paxman's kinds of things like that. But you kind of would want to see her running up and down the ground in the middle using that inside run that she, that she can get. Having a look at some of the other players uh, that uh, play today, um, Jessica Kennedy, I thought, was very underrated. She gave mm. plenty of run from the midfield going through the half forward, and she didn't seem to get that much attention from the Falcons. No, she didn't. I think that was because they do have a very strong inside mid, Diamond Creek. They have Loins and Shea Audley. You know, they're, they're always out there niggling on the Darabin uh, midfielders. So... Jess Kennedy was probably able to find some space for herself to, to grab the ball and run without the attention, which I think which um, was good of her. She got caught once, I think, which was just lack of talk, but Jess Kennedy did a, did a really good job. So to me, that points to depth. Yeah. Um, you see people like Jeray, Hetherington, and, yeah, and Grant in the back line, and then you got that freeze up, and then you got the midfielders, loins, Audley. It frees up others to sort of take the reins, to sort of creep up on the opposition where they might not have been expecting them, and that's what she filled that role today. Talk about underrated players. Katie Lawrence for me in the back half, in the games that we've called, doesn't do anything flashy, but gee, she's got courage. She's got strength, and at every contest, she's there. She's played more of a forward role in other games we've seen throughout the season. She was a bit more on the ball today but she was a driving force of that Diamond Creek midfield. Driving force and also runs so hard off the ball, does not stop either, um, is in every contest, and when she's not in the contest, she's running to make sure she can be part of the next one or be an option, which is huge. I don't remember her a great deal prior to her knee injury, Pete, but is she a step more advanced after that year off, which is hard to say coming back from a knee injury? Or was she that type of player? I think she's got... I mean, she always had big raps on those of the Creekers, but I think she's taken her game to another level, and I think that it helped because she had the year with the, year, with the knee off, but then went straight into pre-season and training in the Carlton system, mm. and that just took her game to another level. And another player who's a Carlton player who's taken her game to another level, two or three years ago, I threw up her name saying she should be playing in exhibition matches. She told me, no, 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 I'm not that standard. It's like, no, you are that standard. And today, I reckon, beat the best player there is in AFLW, Shay Audley beat yeah. Daisy Pierce. Yep. Yeah. She's a player that has so much grit. Like, yeah. she's, like, whenever there's a stoppage, she's in there, and often you'll find her at the bottom of the pack being tackled, or at the bottom of the pack because she has tackled someone. She didn't give Daisy Pierce any room in any of the stoppages, which is, like, pretty amazing given the class of Daisy Pierce. To neutralise the effect of those players is pretty huge. And but, but this is Daisy Pierce coming off a best on ground in an AFLW origin where it was the 44 or 
just about the 44 best players in the country that were aren't injured, that weren't, that were out there on the park. So Pins has just come off that game in red hot form, mm. and Audley's given her a bath today. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty huge. As I said, she's got so much grip. She'd be so annoying to play against. Not so much on the tackling, just because she'd be mouthing on exactly. to do that the whole time. Daniel Hill oh. gave, her the, um, gave her the moniker here in the culture box that we used to use. We called her the cereal pest. Yeah. She's oh. just a pest. She'd be so annoying to and, play against. And she loves it. She, yeah. She's got that reputation. Yeah. And she loves it every bit. And that's well, why she had the fans, the cheer squad with the bus and the... Uh, uh, face on a bloody stick <laughs> oh, down yeah. in a oh, wow. game. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's why Daisy Pierce was so frustrated. She was just getting given it from Shay Audley all day today. Does what she does best. Yeah. You've got to love a good sledge. Um, and also another player as well that um, who was, wasn't a star performance, but has been picking up plenty of the football. And just quietly, I think she's a chance of maybe a fifth-round draft pick is Ashley Riddle. Yep. Mm. Definitely. Her, her skill set is good for someone that's still young, still learning the game. First year at the elite level of um, football, she's she's got she's got the assets there. It just needs to be fine-tuned a little bit, but it's it's there. And she's um she's again one she of those. She made very good decisions. She did. Yeah. And she's one of those young Creekers players that's been brought into this lineup this year, and. May was supposed to play a bit role was if there was an injury or something that went down, but she cemented her spot in the 22. Yeah. And uh, Katie, one player that we obviously haven't talked about at the moment, but played a brilliant first half, an exciting first half, Stephanie Chiocci. Yeah, leadership, the the run across the ground, making you know just making those those unselfish decisions as well, opening up space for her teammates. Obviously, kicking a very very good goal as well on the run. Yeah, outstanding performance by the co-captain. Um, stuff like this, you see players sort of step up and shine through, and I think she did that today. The other player that fizzled out a little bit in the second half but had a brilliant first quarter especially, Christina Bernardi. Mm. Her, pre- her forward pressure was phenomenal, especially in that first term, and uh, she kicked two goals as well, so she had a yeah, good game. Bernardi was really good in that first half. I think the great thing about Bernardi was she was drawing players to her, and the players that she was drawing to her were being dragged up towards that half-forward flank position, half-back flank for Darabin, and that allowed 30 to 40 metres of zone to be free up to a one-on-one Malloy-Birch battle, which I think Scott Gowan sort of being licking his lips going, I will back in Chloe in this one-on-one. And Bernardi hasn't had a stellar season. I think by her standard, it's probably been below average. Um, so to have a performance like that today, I think uh, she, she was given a, a role and she played that well. There's two things, before we go through the Darren players one by one, there's two things that I think that rattled Darren today. One was the pressure from Diamond Creek, but they were kind of used to that. In years gone by, Diamond Creek were always a very physical, yes. atchy, atchy, atchy side. But the difference was in the past, Diamond Creek would be very poor with their use of their own football. So when they get the free kick, they'd kick it away and they'd screw it up. So Darren would just go, OK, we'll just wait for... Dymo to cough up the football and then we'll take it back and go again. The ability today for Diamond Creek to hit up targets constantly and control the use of the football, Darabin have never played against a side that's been able to use the ball as well as them. Mm. They've played against the Melbourne Uni in the past, who got close last year in the grand final. Uni's motto is they move the ball quickly. They used yep. to be the faster side, we'll move the ball quickly. Um, so we'll make up for any of our messes by the fact that we've got it down there quick and we'll catch you on the hop. 
St Kilda's almost that same way where Diamond Creek was just bomb it long. Now there's actually a side that can go, we can harass you and we can be smart with the use of the football. Jeez, I tell you what, Jane, Jane Lang and the uh, Brain Trust there have got a lot to think about. Absolutely. I don't know how... I'm not sure how much different they can do that can turn this around. I really don't. I mean, there's such a complete performance from Diamond Creek. You know, speed and class as well as that grit that they're renowned for. Um, like I said before, they're, they're the Premiership favourites regardless of who wins next week. Got a stat to throw at you. It's probably accuracy that they'll need to work on. Nine scoring shots in the second half to two in favour of Darabin. Oh. You can make numbers say anything I, at the I, same I, I, time. I know, I know, I know, and I still feel yeah. the Creekers had the second half. They, they still controlled it, but it's not to say Darabin didn't have an opportunity to bring the margin a little more closer. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the game was just about done in that last quarter, and they were just, the way they were just kind of, Darabin, particularly the way they approached going forward, it was just very lax. It was just very, that they, that they didn't have a spark they could turn to. Yeah, it's just, but yeah. And you saw them missing those goals. You talk about that accuracy as well because knowing what Darabin have done to sides in the past, it could have been very easy that they could have in the space of 15 minutes, say, kicked three or four straight. You kick three or four straight, yes, it might be still a two to three goal margin, but sides that have always been beaten by Darabin in the past then start to get wobbly of, oh no, oh no, it's going to happen to us. We saw it a couple of years ago when Darabin were down three goals at three quarter time against St Kilda. And St Kilda, you know, should have ran away and won that game, and they lost by a point because I think in the final term it was four straight goals kicked by Darabin. And because of that accuracy, you saw St Kilda get the shakes of, oh no, it's going to happen to us, it's going to happen, and yeah. it happened. Yeah, it gets into your head, it's all mental. Yeah. Let's go through some of those Darabin players as well to see if they've got a pass mark from the commentary team. First of all, <laughs> Nicole Callanan took on Lauren Brazali today. I can give them the points of Lauren Brazali. Same. Yep. Yeah, besides her right. one mental blank where she decked someone on the rally, she yeah. was very good. Um, which she obviously hasn't told that you start the fight, you don't end it. <laughs> that's the, that's and, the rule. And, and if you're gonna if you're gonna deck someone, you save the grand final. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna get sent off, you get sent off for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, Karen Paxman, does she get the pass mark today? I think she does. Yeah. I think yeah. she she still tried her hardest. Oh. Probably, maybe looking down the list, was the best player for Darabin. I'm not sure there's too many others there, but she didn't let the, the pressure get to her. She still tried to search her own footy, continued, even in the yep. first half when they were under pressure, she was the one with the ball in her hands. She's yeah. got such composer and is composer, such composure, <laughs> and is such a cool head around the ball. You just don't see anything really throw her, and she was able to still stand up against all of the pressure from Diamond Creek. That's why I think she was the best for Darabin. Daisy Pierce. Look, we expect a lot out of her. Yeah. Everybody does. Um, you're going to have one of those days. It was just apparently just a really bad occasion to do that. I think it was more symptomatic of what was around her. I can see her being a little bit, um, not flat, but more bruised coming out of that after the blinder that she had at the AFLW origin game for Victoria. But, yeah, not her, not a day she'll look back on fondly, I guess, but you back a champion into rebound, and I'm sure she'll be able to pick herself up and lead the team next week. We've already been talking about uh, Elizabeth Birch and her battle with Chloe Malloy. A, a couple of lesser-known types like uh, Jenna Lawson Tavern and Kate Tindall for Darabin. Got a feeling that they didn't do much today, and it's almost like, I think, Diamond Creek's, what I call, bottom six, yes. are beating Darabin's bottom, bottom six. six. Yeah. Tick. 
for real. I think that's 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 very very true. Diamond Creek, they all wanted to work for each other as well. It seemed with Diamond Creek, they're running for each other, getting to every contest. There's always numbers at the ball, even if it was a one on one in favour of in favour of the Falcons. But Darabin were just so flash. Let's have a look at Jessica Delpos. She was quiet. Was she out there? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry to be harsh, but yeah, I know... She, she did maybe one or two things, if that. And there was a couple of times in a couple of contests where she had a bit of a limp-up. Mm. So she might have been yeah. carrying something out of the game last week as mm. well. She she was very quiet in the State of Origin game last week as well, as someone who's usually a contested ball magnet. She doesn't really... Hasn't really she's, someone that can, there. she's someone that can thrive off of, of the supply too, but when you don't get that supply, you kind of you kind of fade into it, and then you have to kind of go in and win your own footy, and... Against a team like Dom Creek, it's very hard to do, let's face it. Yeah. I, know, I know they were playing Colvin out of the goal square, but I feel, considering if she's not in the best of form and she's a pretty good goal kicker, why not put Dalpos in the goal square? If she's carrying something, she can still provide something in that 30-metre region for them. They're just missing that target at the moment. Similar to the Dangerfield mould against Hawthorne. So, you know, yeah, you roll the dice. Why don't you go yeah. try something, but... Yeah, didn't seem to didn't seem to work out for her today. Lauren Arnell. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I don't know. Average. I mean, it's it's it, it did a little flat. bit flat. Did a little bit in the midfield, and you felt like she was kind of trapped between being a midfielder and a forward because yeah. Brennan was so far dragged mm. up the ground. She felt like she almost had to play at centre half forward when the ball wasn't getting to her. When she, was, she when she was damaging against Diamond Creek that time when they beat them at Preston, she was actually playing out of the goal square. She's like, she's safe, Lauren Arnell. That's how I feel about her. She's got a safe pair of hands. She'll make the good decision. But she's not going out there doing anything groundbreaking. Like, she's not going to, like, break the game apart, really, mm. for, for the Falcons. Which isn't a bad thing, because there's other people on the team to do that for her. But on a day like today, you do kind of need someone to do that. I think she's similar to Daisy Pearce, that the support around her wasn't there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can agree. You talk about groundbreakers. They were missing the ultimate one today, Darcy Vessio, and yeah. that's not someone you can replace easily, maybe if at all. No, I can't. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Meg McDonald. No. no. I mean, even when the Darabin did have it down there, um, you need more out of it. With Brennan pushing up the ground, trying to make an influence there, you need the others to kind of... You need what's behind you to kind of take the reins and kind of take the game apart and... Yeah, just didn't seem up to up to it today. She was a she's a good decoy. She's a great team player, but today I think they needed a little bit more, and she just couldn't quite do it. Katie Brennan, I I, I think it, I'm going to call it a draw with Harrington. I think Harrington mm. nullified her. It wasn't an awful game by Brennan, but I think because the others around her yes. weren't doing a lot and they couldn't get the ball to her, she couldn't do much when she had it anyway. It very, si- very similar to last week for the Allies. Um, she was trying her best to try and create something in the middle, but didn't work out, unfortunately. There was no support around it. Yes. Steph Simpson as well, little bits. Melissa Hickey in the midfield. Same. Okay. I feel like it's the same for like all of them. It's just like, yeah. you were all like, Okay, but Diamond Creek were just too good everywhere on the ground. The only one that, and as we called during the game, that had a real mare from that champion mm. group was Elise O'Day. Yeah. yeah. Disposal was just ordinary. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, uh, and that's unusual for someone who's usually very intelligent with what she mm. does with the football. Sure. And she is the one of that sort of group where you, when you see someone break a game open, she's that one that will, will grab it and sort of 
make a game-changing decision. Another one that um, did a little bit in the first quarter and I felt went completely missing in the second half, Ebony Marinoff. Yeah. Was she out there too today? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this is a AFLW rising star premiership player. And when To me, she doesn't look fit enough or strong enough coming off an AFLW season. To me, it seems like she has rested on her laurels and hasn't... Is her, is her brain almost like in holiday mode? Because she knows she's only going to be in Victoria for four months. It's not like she's come here to, to be permanent and settle down. Mm. Is it a case of, I mean, I don't know if she's working or not or anything like that. Has she got maybe too much free time in the hands? I don't know what her personal circumstances are. But if, he, if she is, you know, without work and she's just, you know, it might just she won 20 grand from that for an AFLW Rising Star. So, hey, who wouldn't take a break if you yeah. had that money? But is she kind of almost like in holiday mode in her mind over this four-month period and come finals football, oops, got found out? It's potentially, yes, potentially. But I would have expected today, considering she's still got a bit to prove with this Darabin side, mm. like she's come in at round five or whatever it was yeah. this year, on a day like today when everyone else seemed to be struggling, it was time for her to make her mark and time for her to stand up. And she didn't do that. Mm. Similar to what uh, Lucas, Rod and Brutton did in the first game with the St Kilda Sharks when there was no Brianna Davey in that midfield. They rose to the occasion. and Walsh. Walsh. Yeah. Well, Walsh as well, you can add to that list. There was nothing there today for Darabin. For when all their champions were struggling and didn't have the support required around them, you'd turn immediately to Marinoff and say, well, you're next in line. Yeah. And she didn't really step to the plate. And just before we go and wrap up off air, just quickly, uh, the two tools for Darabin, uh, your thoughts on Lauren Pierce and Astor O'Connor? I think O'Connor battled hard. Yep, yeah. Um, and spent, uh, this is the first game I've seen her spend a majority of the game in the ruck. Lauren Pierce didn't really spot her until probably the last quarter. Yeah. Spent a lot of time forward, which again may come down to that supply thing, or off the ground, which was a bit of a surprise. Is Ashta in the mohope basket where has the game changed and developed that much that they're not quite getting past them, but their status as superstars is now downgraded because of the game, how the way the game has changed? In terms of a superstar, yes, but she's still pivotal to that Falcon yeah, side. Exactly. In games that we've seen this year, even today in the ruck, I mean, she was still competitive. Uh, I'd, I'd suggest it was fairly equal with hit outs. Um, without any numbers in front of me. And even when we've seen her across half-back, when, when Darabin are able to use her in that capacity, yep. she's still a brilliant mark overhead. So I don't think she's in the same category of Mo Hope in terms of she just doesn't look right in the game at the moment. Astro O'Connor still plays a role. Time to wrap things up here on RSN. Carnival Reminder will be back on air next Saturday, 1 o'clock p.m. here at Parada Park, Coburg City, able to bring the preliminary finals and kill the Sharks and uh, the Darabin Falcons. Before we go, Lucy Watkin, thank you very much for all your work today on special comments. By the way, I believe you might be on set. Then, uh, executive producer, co-host, etc., jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, yeah. <laughs> back tomorrow, 9 a.m., but you don't hear my desolate radio tones until Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. We had Lily Miffin two weeks ago. We had Taylor Harris last week. Am I saying Melissa's so, surname right? Haas? Is it Melissa Haas? Yeah, Haas. Yeah. 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 
uh, Melissa Haas and Lucy Watton, you'll hear them frequently on uh, the sports desk. If yes. you can't hear it live, you can download a podcast version of that. Yes, you can. Um, on our Facebook page, the sports desk. You know, do the whole search thing, you'll find it, yeah. No wonder <laughs> she's got a fan club. <laughs> Is there anything you don't do? Um, at the moment, I don't think so, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Katie Lambeski, co-founder of GhostbikeWoody.com, thank you very much for all your work. Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. Um, big two weeks coming up, and I'm looking forward to it. Indeed. And Matthew Cox, for your calling over two games and your tipping of two upsets which occurred today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very content. I'll uh, brag a bit more about that off air. But uh, <laughs> no, a great, day, great day of football. I think we've got a couple of questions that were answered but I think it's raised a lot more the physicality, just one final point the physicality of that second match will, might come back to hurt the Falcons too that's the other thing mm. something to ponder I'm Peter Holden, it's been great having your company don't forget our weekly show 6pm here on RSN Carnival where we bring you the Girls Play Footy Weekly Show for all the news that's happening around Australia and around the world in women's footy. And, of course, as I said, we'll see you next Saturday at 1pm because today the Sharks knocked off Melbourne Uni by 20 points, eliminating the Muggers from the final series. The Crickers winning by 26 points over the Falcons, meaning Diamond Creek are the first team booked in the VFLW Grand Final at Eddie Had Stadium on Sunday, September 24th. Until next time, it's bye for now.